Well, Pastor, it's an honor to have you here with us for Thanksgiving dinner. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yes would yes. you mind blessing the food for us? Sure, that'll be no problem at all. Everyone, close your eyes, please. Dear Lord, we thank you for this bounty that we are about to receive. And we thank you for all the listeners that are gathered at this Thanksgiving table with us today. Lord, we thank you most of all for the 700 Tapes podcast, which we know is meant for entertainment purposes only. Lord, we ask you to help us to remember that the 700 Tapes podcast does not own any of the clips that it will be using on the program therein. Lord, we ask you to forgive us because the 700 Tape podcast will include adult language and adult humor. So if you're easily offended, Lord, just stop listening now. Amen. In 1621, Jasperino traded 700 tapes to some natives for corn, mashed potatoes, and gravy and turkey. They promptly sat down to the very first Thanksgiving feast. If you're into nostalgia, and you like VHS, and if you can find him, maybe you can listen to the 700 Tapes Podcast. small gravy flavored condom son of a bitch welcome to marathon may i help you you can start by wiping that fucking dumbass smile off your rosy fucking cheeks then you can give me a fucking automobile a fucking datsun a fucking toyota a fucking mustang a fucking buick four fucking wheels and a seat i really don't care for the way you're speaking to me 
and I really don't care for the way your company left me in the middle of fucking nowhere with fucking keys to a fucking car that isn't fucking there. And I really didn't care to fucking walk down a fucking highway and across a fucking runway to get back here to have you smile at my fucking face. I want a fucking car right fucking now. May I see your rental agreement? I threw it away. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, what? You're fucked. What's up, freaks and weirdos? We are very thankful today to have you with us. I am Jasperino. This is the 700 Tapes Podcast, Thanksgiving edition. I am joined, as always, by my brother from another mother, my co-host with the most, the man, the myth, the legacy, Woo! the man that needs all your mashed potatoes and your gravy. And your gravy, baby. Save him the neck, <laughs> Mr. Roman Alvarado. Woo! How what's you doing, up, brother? What's up? What's up? I'm, I'm very thankful. I'm thankful too. <laughs> so uh, this is our Thanksgiving episode. We're a couple days late on it, mm-hmm. just because you know shit happens. Yeah. But you know what? This is a 700 Taste podcast, and here, Thanksgiving's over when we say it's over. If you, if you guys haven't noticed, that is the trend. Right. You know, we are going to do whatever the fuck we want to do. So We're quoting my second... feel like it. Right. Quoting my second favorite Thanksgiving movie of all time, Thanksgiving. Gobble, mm-hmm. gobble, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's over when we say it's over. Right. I'm actually glad we're doing this after Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Because uh, we're ending the Thanksgiving weekend. Right. So you guys, you probably got to look good thanksgiving memories with your family or whatever whatever you did on thanksgiving we know it's a little different this year mm-hmm. the world is a different place definitely this thanksgiving definitely with uh you know you can't have uh, 20 people over to your house anymore mm-hmm. and if you're like me you're considering that a good thing damn right you had to be very selective about who you invited some people didn't want to come mm-hmm. maybe some people you didn't want to come didn't want to come like oh uncle uncle joe and Aunt alice oh we're gonna miss <laughs> you guys I ain't gonna miss your cigar smoke filling up my fucking living room. That and your dry ass turkey. Dry ass fucking green bean casserole. And the chicken tastes like wood. And the chicken tastes like wood. <laughs> With a bottle of Kayo Pectate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, man. But, uh, you know, we endeavor to persevere through these things, through this time of pandemic and uh, political unrest and uprisings and the empire strikes back and whatever the fuck else is going on out there (laughs) one thing you guys can count on is the 700 taste podcast bringing you fresh vhs reviews straight from the outlands of arizona where we are safely tucked inside our missile silo hiding away from the hordes of astro zombies and mutated insectoids ever on the hunt by the robot lizard overlords that seek to beat us down 
and take away our right to VHS. But we say hell no. Hell no. Hell no, Blu-ray. Hell DVD, no. DVD. Voodoo, you do, Hulu, Facebook. Facebook? Well, yeah, you can watch movies on Facebook. Yeah, yeah, possibly. Netflix. YouTube. YouTube. MeTube. Mm-hmm. They tube. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm a European, European. Everybody's a European. <laughs> Streaming services. We are all VHS all the time. Watched on my VCR in front of me, underneath my computer monitor. Mm-hmm. And we are very proud tape heads. Damn right. And we are very thankful for you, our listeners. And you can come here. Let this be your refuge mm-hmm. from the craziness of the world outside. Right? Thankful. Thank- thankful. God damn. Thank. That goddamn goddamn. God damn, God damn. I said God damn. <laughs> but uh, uh, how was your Thanksgiving? It, to be honest, I had a really, really good Thanksgiving. I did too. Well, like it was, it was really, really good for it, for the world being what the world is. Right. Did you with your moms or what? Yes. So, um, happy birthday, by the way, to yes, Legacy's yeah. mom, which was yes. yesterday. Yes, her birthday. Very, very happy birthday. Yes, 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 yes. Um, Thank you for uh, bringing this man into the world so he could woo! share VHS with us. Damn right, damn right. I'm gonna open my drink. There it goes. <laughs> no, but um, it, it was it was definitely a a cool um, Thanksgiving. I'm you know I'm I'm grateful for the village you know that I am a part of. Right. You know, um, because it it definitely is um, conducive to my living. <laughs> right. No, but in in all honesty, um, I couldn't have had a better Thanksgiving. Cool, cool. And yourself? It was great. Uh, we didn't have a. We usually have a lot more people than we did this year, but mm-hmm. that was okay because I didn't have to drag a bunch of extra tables and chairs in from the garage. Damn right. You know, it'd make a little L. And mm-hmm. Worry about everybody getting enough. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, my daughter and my granddaughter and her husband came over. Nice. That was fun. That was the only guest we really had, other than our immediate family. Gotcha. So that was cool. It was small and nice, and uh, we ate and Quaint. hung out. We played some board games with the kids. and Which is always fucking fun. Watch Plane, Trains, and Automobiles, which I do every year. Nice. Other Other than watching it for the podcast, mm-hmm. I watch it every Thanksgiving. That is my favorite Thanksgiving movie of all time. Number two, as I already mentioned, being Thanksgiving, which is awesome. If you guys have never seen that, catch that. I don't know that that ever got a VHS release. At least I can't find one. Mm-hmm. But check it out. It breaks my heart because it means I can't cover it. I might have to finagle that the way I'm going to finagle trick or treats. So we cheat a little bit. Gotcha. Maybe we'll do a Patreon episode if we ever get a Patreon. Mm-hmm. I was thinking uh, of all the crazy shit we could talk about on the Patreon if we ever had one. Nice. Like we could cover like famous adult movies. <laughs> Like, I was telling you the other day that I own Flesh Gordon because we were talking about Flash Gordon. I'm like, I don't have Flash Gordon on VHS, but I do have Flesh Gordon. Or the hills have thighs. The hills have thighs. Um, that kind of <laughs> shit. Like, it would be kind of fun to cover that. On a, it would be, it would have to be, it would have to be the one that's like a movie parody because mm-hmm. you couldn't just cover like, uh, you know, Come Swallowing Sluts 6 or, you know, that's just, <laughs> you know, that's just like uh, straight sex scenes. Like it would have to be something with a plot to it, I would think. I don't know. Let us know what you guys <laughs> think of that. Drop us a line at 700tapes at gmail.com if you want us to do a Patreon where we cover weird shit like adult movies. <laughs> Let us know. Good Lord. Good Lord. Could you, could you imagine the Spider-Man one? Dude, Spider-Babe. <laughs> that's a natural thing. With my girl Misty Monday. Oh shit! Hell yeah! Grrr. Anyway, um, drop us a line seven hundred tapes podcast at or seven hundred tapes at gmail dot com. 
you want to find us on your interwebs, you can find us on Facebook under 700 Tapes Podcast. You can also join our page, also called the 700 Tapes Podcast, where you can interact with other listeners, post stuff, talk to us, let us know what you think. Uh, find us on Twitter, Jasperino at 700 Tapes. And on the IG tip, a little bit of Instagram action going on at 700 Tapes. That is actually where we are most prevalent. If you go to our Instagram and go to our bio, you will find a link there with a link to everywhere where you can listen to us. Um, we are available anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast now. We are wide, worldwide. Worldwide. Worldwide, baby. Worldwide. Worldwide, baby. <laughs> you will also find there a link to our Etsy shop. Please check that out. I've been adding stuff to that shop like crazy, and I still got a shit ton of stuff on this desk that needs to go on Etsy. Mm-hmm. I had to apologize to Roman when he got here. I said, My shit's pardon, the, place. pardon the crowded desk. I've been etsy like a motherfucker. And I still got a lot of stuff to go. Like, um, we got some prism stickers on there that are really cool. Nice. And now we've got a couple on there with my original artwork on it, which I'm really happy about. I just posted the uh, Dr. Loomis, I shot him six times prism sticker, which I drew myself Sweet. today. I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, we got some magnet sets now. We got some refrigerator magnets you can get. Um, I've got a Nightmare on Elm Street set. Uh, Dawn of the Dead. Uh, Evil Dead set you can get together in like a dead pack. Nice. Um, I've got a Return of the Living Dead set on there. I've got a Christmas set that makes good Christmas presents. Go on and grab one of those. It's got, um, they're actually uh, VHS covers that are refrigerator magnets of uh, all of your favorite Christmas horror movies. So check that out nice. on our Etsy shop. But enough of that. Enough now that I've shamelessly that. promoted my gas money earner. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I had a great Thanksgiving. Um, I, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about this. I don't know about you. How did you always love Thanksgiving? Did you always like Thanksgiving? Were you kind of apathetic about it, or it is what it is? Or, um, I can't say that it's it's. I think more so over the years as I've gotten older, <laughs> right? Um, I've been more thankful for Thanksgiving because as a little kid, I was like, all right, I get to see you know. Some of the cousins I don't get to see, right? You know, throughout the fucking year. And I know you talked on the uh, last podcast about graduating from the kids' table to the adult table, mm-hmm. and they want to go right back to the kids' table. <laughs> Understanding that, man, because you're because it, it's like a, an achievement, right? You, know, you fucking graduate, you're a little like, Xbox man. achievement. You're like hell yeah, achievement you know? unlocked. You get to sit next to whomever was you know the last person that got up there. You know, you get to sit in Uncle Murray's spot. He's no longer with us. You're like shit, <laughs> and then you realize again that everything starts to connect dots, and you're like. Right. Mm, I'm gonna go back go to right the back to that kids table. table. <laughs> and then look, if you really, really got good, you were able to watch TV, right, in the living room. Dude, my mom and dad used to get so <laughs> pissed because we would do Thanksgiving at my brother's house, uh-huh. and you know, every year the Cowboys play the Redskins, right? Every year, just about. It's yeah, I'm like, it's something it's like a Thanksgiving tradition. It's that, and then I know Detroit plays. You know, but for if the, most the Cowboys part. game was on, my brother would have the TV like literally pulled over by the table. Oh damn! Because he wouldn't get missed Cowboys game. My mom used to get so irate. My house, my, my rules, mom. Yeah, my dad would throw. <laughs> we're not coming back here next year, but we would you know? every year. Huh? So I want to touch on that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. not my favorite holiday. Gotcha. I will say though, over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. due to the change in my living situation, mm-hmm. it's not that bad. I actually kind of enjoyed. I really enjoyed this year. Nice. I probably had more fun this Thanksgiving than I have ever had because 
I like it because now everybody comes to me. Mm-hmm. I don't got to go nowhere. Anybody who wants to come over can come over. If you don't nice. want to come over, don't come over. I ain't going anywhere. Right. And uh, that was my problem was when I was younger, because I was a young parent. I mm-hmm. started having kids at 18. And I got married at 18. It was always a tug of war between who's, whose house we're we going to, her parents' house or my parents' house. And then um, we ended up having to do both. We, mm-hmm. we One year we would do dinner and then at my parents' house or my brother's house, whatever, and then dessert at her parents' house. And the next year we would do dinner at her parents' house, dessert at my brother, you know, whatever. We'd switch it off. Mm-hmm. But we lived in different places, but we lived in Chandler. Mm-hmm. Her parents lived in Chandler. My family lived in Glendale. Gotcha. So I'm driving all goddamn day. All damn day. And yes. then yes. everybody's mad if we're late. Oh, where are you at? Everybody's calling me. Where are you at? How soon are you going to be here? I hated it. I had to get everybody up. And I'm the one with the kids. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to get everybody up. I got to get the kids dressed. I got to make sure they're clean, get them dressed, get them out the door. <laughs> Somebody's got to pee on the way. There's no stores open. It was always a nightmare for me, an absolute nightmare. And I hated it. I absolutely couldn't stand it. I would dread Thanksgiving. You're like, fuck. You know? And then, um, yeah, over the years, it just, I, I didn't like doing it. It was it was more of a hassle to me. Then, and then I get home, and I'm tired, and then I got to go to work the next day. Mm-hmm. And, dude, it was horrible. Or you got to do, you know, Black Friday Christmas shopping and shit. Right. And it's like, oh. That was actually, there was a, okay, so for about three years in a row, that was fun. Mm-hmm. For about three years in a row, what my daughter, Caleb, on and I did. Mm-hmm. We wanted to get up for Black Friday, but we knew if we went to sleep, we weren't getting up at 3 in the morning. That just wasn't going to happen. So what we would do is we'd get home Thanksgiving night, get everybody else put to bed. My wife would go to sleep, and I would wake her up later. Mm-hmm. Kay and I would stay up all night and just watch horror movies. I'm glad you said that. So that became our tradition I'm for so a few glad years. You said that. We'd watch some Halloween. We'd watch some Friday the 13th. We'd watch some slasher movies. We'd watch two or three horror movies, and then, oh. It's time to wake everybody up. Then we'd wake everybody up that wanted to go. Because as my girls got older, they didn't want to go anymore. They're teenagers. They wanted to sleep in. So mm-hmm. we'd make wake my wife up and the one or two other kids that wanted to go. And we'd go. We never really did the Walmart thing or anything like that. We'd go to Half Price Books. Nice. Because they would do a Black Friday thing. And we'd stand in line out there and get in. And we'd do a lot of Christmas sh- shopping there. Excuse me. A lot of Christmas shopping there. And we did like Bookman's and Zia. We tried to keep it local. I like shopping local. Nice. Keeping my money, you know, mm-hmm. small businesses. I always kind of dig that. So we did that for a few years. And then one year, I was super excited because uh, they had a pumpkin chunkin' contest oh, on a and oh, I don't know if you ever yeah. saw it. Pumpkin where the chunkin. people the people build the, the big catapults uh-huh. to launch the pumpkins. And it was like a three-hour thing. And I Hell sat yeah. and watched that all night. And I was all stoked about it. I talked about it all week. It's almost time for the pumpkin chunking. No, like uh, to be honest, I like that shit. Dude, like it for so sure, fucking cool. For That's sure, That's the shit I miss about mm-hmm. Thanksgiving. But it all had to do with shit I did in my own house with my kids. Gotcha. It was never about going somewhere else. So now, yeah, I get to hang out all day. Yeah, I got to get up ass early and get that turkey going and. and prep the night before and do all that but it's actually fun i bet so that's part of i would tell you last year okay three years ago on thanksgiving was not so fun mm. because i was going through a divorce mm-hmm. and i had to go to thanksgiving with that family anyway mm-hmm. that was awkward um because i left in awkward o- i left in october mm-hmm. things were still shaky everybody was like are they gonna get back together are they not it was weird and then i had to go over there and do it anyway and then but the last two years mm-hmm. i will tell you Ro and I have had a blast, an absolute blast, getting, getting dinner put together. 
We put Christmas music on in the kitchen. Really? I start the Christmas music on Thanksgiving. Okay. I will, I will absolutely do nothing Christmas related until gotcha. Thanksgiving. Okay. Fuck you. I won't even look at Christmas shit in the store. Keep that shit out of my line of sight. After Thanksgiving, all bets are off. Gotcha. So Thanksgiving, we put on the Christmas music. We got, we're cleaning got a tur- we got the turkey going. We got, yeah, she has stuff that she makes. I have stuff I make. Nice. I'm making stuffing. She's doing potatoes. I'm doing green bean casserole. She's doing yams. You know, and we're oh, just, shit. it's like a party in the kitchen. We just get to hang out with each other all morning and it's freaking awesome. Nice. So I told her we sat down after everybody was done eating and everything Thanksgiving night, which was also her birthday this year. Really? Yes. Shout out so to her. Cool. Happy birthday, Ro. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we were sitting down after everything was done. We were sitting in the garage, hanging out like we do, having a little smoky smoke. Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, you know, this might well be the best Thanksgiving I've ever had. That's badass. Yeah. And then I sat down with my daughter and my other two kids and mm-hmm. Spirit and, you know, every, all the kids. Mm-hmm. We, you know, well, most of the kids, not all of them. But, um, most of my kids and I sat down and we played. Uh, my daughter bought me a Universal Monsters game for Christmas. Oh, shit. Brought it over and gave it to me early because she's oh, like, we're playing it right now. I can't shit. wait any longer. I was like, I didn't want an early Christmas present. She's like, well, you're getting it because we're playing it. It's really cool. <laughs> it's the unit. It's like a Universal Monster game. Mm-hmm. And um, everybody's kind of playing together. You have two monsters you're fighting. In this case, we were fighting Dracula and the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, shit. And then the four, however many players there are, which there's like four of us or five of us, where you play in tandem mm-hmm. to try to beat the monster. Oh. But the game is the monster. Like the game, you roll for the, what the monsters do and everything, and then you have to stay away from them and collect the, the certain weapons to destroy them. You can trade with each other. Oh. It's a lot of fun. And then last night we played uh, Vill- uh, Villainous. It's the Disney Villains game. Gotcha. With a shit ton of expansion packs. Mm-hmm. But the one we have had like uh, Scar and uh, the chick from uh, The Emperor's New Groove. I can't remember her name. Yzma. Yeah. Corella DeVille. Um, the dude from. Crunk. Uh, Paul de Lava. Yeah. <laughs> the dude from uh, uh, Ratatouille. Uh, I, I can't I can, remember his name yeah. either. And then the, you know, the fat mouse that was always fucking with Mickey Mouse, Pete, mm-hmm. Pete, Fat Pete. Mm-hmm. Those are the villains we had. Nice. But you can get like my daughter's got expansions that has like Jafar and Maleficent, the Evil Queen, like all this crazy shit. So we had a lot of fun doing that. You said you said Maleficent. 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 It, it's Maleficent. Maleficent. <laughs> Maleficent. <laughs> You know, finance Angelina Jolie. You're like, synonymous. 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 Um, okay, go. And scene. So, it's this is probably one of the last Christmas, oh, not Christmases, Thanksgivings that I can remember at my grandparents' house. Okay. Um, so, we all grew up in this one house. And just so happened, the city bought the land. So, <coughs> my grandparents ended up getting a new house in Mason. Okay, they put so, a freeway through. Give or take. Something like that, yeah. So, just so happens, uh, this is one of the last, again, Thanksgivings that I can think of. So, we're sitting over there, and I think this is one of the first times I get to go Black Friday shopping. Oh, shit. So, my my aunt always goes, and um, 
Again, I think I've I've made the cusp of getting right. to go now. I so, have arrived. Yes. So we're sitting there, and um, we were we were going to stay up. So that's what we were. I think we wound down after you know eating regular Thanksgiving food, and they were like, "We should watch a movie." Mm-hmm. So we end up watching. Uh, uh, fuck. Uh, what is the movie? Damn it, damn it, damn it, damn it. Um. Oh, man. 13 Days Later. The zombie movie. Oh, uh, it's, uh, isn't it, um, 20, isn't it 20, wait. Damn it. 24 Days Later? No, I think it's 13 Days. 12 Days Later? Is it 13? I think. The first one. 28 days later. There we go. There we go. 28 because, days later. Because, uh, yes. The, the other one was 28 day weeks. 28 weeks later. Yeah. There we go. That's a good ass movie. Yes. So, because I, I was thinking 13 Ghosts, and it definitely wasn't 13 Ghosts. Right. So, 28 days later, this was the first time me even seeing it. And I remember the whole time we're watching it, I think it was like cloudy or something that Thanksgiving. So, it was all gloomy. Nice. So, I love that. When we were watching it, like I remember the, the you know the sun going down and like the light from the outside peering in, mm-hmm. it was it was fucking dark everywhere. So, um, watching that movie, I remember we were like, man, we're kind of burnt out on Thanksgiving food already. So we throw right. a fucking pizza in the oven. Oh yeah. And so we were you know we're chomping down on pizza and watching nice. the movie, and then fucking I think we took a nap and then we got to get up and go hell yeah do the shopping. Cool. So I'm glad that we were able to, um, you know, make a memory like that. Right. And then I'm able to talk about it on a fucking VHS podcast. That's you know? cool. So because I remember watching it like, dang, this 20 is. 20 days later, was it on VHS? Yes. Hell yeah. I was like, dang, this is tight. Dude. <laughs> was it that one or the the second one? No, no, no. The, it's the first one. No, no. One. I was going to ask you about the scene. The first one or the second one where the guy looks up and a little drop of blood goes That's in his the first eye. One. He goes bink because that's because oh, it's fuck. on. It was from the crow. Yeah, that's right. So because it's the it's the oh my god the like the chick's dad the fat guy. Yeah, like I think he's like Irish or something. Because right. he looks up. He looked up and then so that and, little drop of blood just dropped into his eye and you're like oh shit and then he just starts losing his shit. Right. Yeah, that's and then crazy. you went Black Friday shopping and you thought everybody was infected like on 20 days Man. later because the way they were at. It, it I heard Black crazy. Friday this year was pretty tame. Like, there weren't a lot of people out. Shit, you couldn't, you know? Yeah, right? I did, Look, I've been doing all my... I've got maybe a quarter of my Christmas shopping done. Nice. I ain't left this chair. I did nice. it all online. Nice. Hell yeah. Nice. I got stuff coming to the house. I'm losing track of what I ordered and what I didn't order. I got to make a list and check it twice. Damn. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Oh, shit. Um, I have my good thanks... Okay, I have an embarrassing Thanksgiving story, but it's not me, so... <laughs> My youngest son. Whoopsie. This was about maybe four years ago, five mm-hmm. years ago. Um, we uh, we used to do Thanksgiving at my mother-in-law's house. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, um, once my brother died, we really weren't doing... And my mom moved to Dallas with my sister. My Thanksgiving was kind of free and clear. My running around stopped because I didn't have anywhere else to go, really. Gotcha. So we would go to my mother-in-law's for Thanksgiving. And... Our friends Victor and Ruby didn't really have family here because mm-hmm. his lives in California, her lives in Minnesota. So they were really good friends of ours. So the last couple of Thanksgivings, they came over nice. and Thanksgiving with us. Now, I was married at this time. This is about four years ago. 
they came over for dinner, and then we'd play games or whatever. Well, my son Jack found that he loved gravy. <clears throat> so he mashed potatoes and gravy. Like, he filled up his plate, mashed potatoes, stuffing, turkey, all this stuff, and just green-style green gravy over the whole thing. <laughs> wow. So then he proceeded, like, two or three helpings of mashed potatoes and gravy. So he's maybe, I don't know, eight years old. He he doesn't know anything about portion control. He so right after dinner, like we're playing games and stuff, he gets sick, like his stomach's <laughs> aching, and he's out in the yard and um, he's out in the front yard there, and we're sitting on the porch because we used to eat on the on the porch. Mm-hmm. We'd eat outside for because there was more room outside than inside, and mm-hmm. the weather's usually really nice, so it was pretty cool. We had all finished up eating, and we were out there playing games or whatever we were doing, talking. Everybody was out there. Says blonde chunks, huh? And uh, he's in the front yard. He's like, I don't feel good. He's like, on his stomach. And then all of a sudden, he's just all over the front yard. (laughs) And before I could even get the words out of my mouth, oh my God, he, there comes the second round. He's everywhere. And everybody's staring. And I I don't mind telling the story because I think it it broke the embarrassment for him because he was like, he puked in front of everybody Mm -hmm. and everybody's staring and it's just utter silence. And he's like standing there and my ex had gotten up and she was on her way over to help him. And I, I don't even know why I'm such an asshole. I went, does this kid know how to party or what? (laughs) (laughs) And everybody laughed like, nervously like yeah, it's funny but i don't want to laugh at it except my victor and ruby who are <laughs> my thought is oh my god i can have more mashed potatoes and gravy now. oh god yeah i made room <laughs> shitter's <Yeah>. full <laughs> <laughs> oh that's uh funny. the one thing last thing i want to cover on thanksgiving um no homo <laughs> i'm thankful as shit for your ass damn right I am hella thankful. Damn for you, right, for sure, for sure. Nothing but love. Thank you so much. Damn right. Um, my life is better with you in it. Damn right. Hell yeah. Damn right. And look, likewise, likewise. And I almost, because sure. I knew I was going to do this, I almost, li- I almost went on and found that uh, the wolf from Fall Fiction. <laughs> Let's not start sucking each other's dicks yet, gentlemen. <laughs> Fag. Right. <laughs> Fag. <laughs> So, just don't just don't go kissing my ear and nuzzling on me, okay? Right. <laughs> Why are you holding my hand? Where are your other hand at? Between, between two, two pillows. pillows. All right. So the <laughs> intro, the intro that you heard because we were supposed to do this like two days before Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and I was going to release it the day before Thanksgiving so you could like have a Thanksgiving episode. But fuck it, this is your Thanksgiving episode after Thanksgiving. It's Damn right. Black Sunday. Damn right. Cyber Monday, whatever you want to call it, episode. Mm-hmm. The intro you heard was not the original intro. I did the prayer intro because I thought it was cool, like Thanksgiving dinner. Right. I would like to play you the original intro I did really quick just because it's so funny. I don't want to let it go. Here we go. The fucking 700 Tapes podcast is meant for fucking entertainment purposes fucking only. The fucking 700 Tapes podcast will fucking contain adult fucking language and adult <laughs> fucking humor so if you're easily fucking offended stop fucking listening fucking now <laughs> in 2019 jasper no <laughs> oh did you like my uh my historical 
Yes. In 1621 or whatever it was. I actually had to Google when the first Thanksgiving was to get my date right. Damn. <laughs> Damn. Speaking of getting our dates right, well, I guess that has nothing to do with it, but what the fuck? Let's do something we call... The, the Tale of the Tape. In which I will be putting on my spectacles and reading the back of the VHS tape for planes, trains, and automobiles. Neil Page is an advertising executive who just wants to fly home to Chicago to spend Thanksgiving with his family. But all Neil Page gets is misery. Misery named Del Griffith, a loudmouth but nevertheless lovable salesman who leads Neil on a cross-country wild goose chase that keeps Neil from tasting his turkey. Steve Martin, Neil, and John Candy, Del, are absolutely wonderful as two guys with a knack for making the worst of a bad situation. If it's painful, funny, or just plain crazy, it happens to Neil and Dell in planes, trains, and automobiles. Every traveler's nightmare in a comedy come true. The cool thing is, I think this is an original VHS. Nice. Like 1987-ish. Nice. I'm trying to look at the... Uh, uh, 1990. That's pretty close. So this, uh, this is 1990 release, VHS. So it's so true. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that could go wrong does go wrong in this does movie. Does go wrong. So yeah, this couldn't catch a break. I love this movie. I watch it every Thanksgiving, in one form or another. Nice. Um, I usually uh, the last two years I put it on TV while I'm cooking. Nice. That's why when the girls came in earlier and we were watching it, they're like, you're watching this again? Again? I was like, yeah, because I got to watch it on Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I watched it last Thanksgiving, too, because it's brilliant. This is actually my first time watching it. Yes. I was glad to introduce you to it. And this fucking movie was hilarious. Yes. We don't do a lot of comedies. I think we were trying to count the number of comedies we've done. Mm-hmm. And it's three if you want to count Beetlejuice as a comedy. Which or I guess it was. Beetlejuice and... Mars Attacks. Yeah, I don't... They're kind of splices of... Yeah, yeah. Mars Attacks was like a parody movie, but it's still funny. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, I guess it's a... Com- yeah, you can count it as a comedy, I guess. I think... Um, we Let me tell you right now, we have got quite the lineup coming for you in December. Damn right. It's going to be a very 700 tapes Christmas. Damn right. Let me just tell you that right now. Anyway... Actually, maybe you guys can help us out because we're a month out from this. Roman and I were having a discussion before we came on the air about uh, what the first movie we want to do in January. Mm-hmm. So I had an idea. I'm not going to tell you what it was, but if you guys have suggestions, contact us on Instagram. We'd or, love to hear them. Or Facebook or DM me on Twitter, but don't do that because I never use Twitter because I don't understand it and it scares me. Or... um. <laughs> Send us an email at 700tapes at gmail.com and give us suggestions for what the first movie you would like to see in 2021. Does it sound so weird saying 2021? 2021, right? We're, uh, yeah, we're just a few months away from our one-year anniversary, this you and I. crazy. March. Right? It's coming in March. Damn. We'll have to do something special. I'll have to find something uh, special to do movie-wise. Like Hell something yeah. like... 
John Carpenter's Vampires or something Ooh. we've been talking about that we haven't done yet. Well, that would be nice. I don't know if I want to do the Lost Boys yet. I'm still saving it. I know. I know saving. that is your, you know, your peer resistance. Maybe we'll do uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. Oh. Which I also have the third one now just for you. I know. You. I know. You Maybe we'll me. dig out Ooh. that Power Rangers movie. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Go, go, Power Rangers. Go, go, Power Rangers. <laughs> literally all I know about Power Rangers is that. <laughs> and the fact that their Megazord is totally a Voltron ripoff. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. fucking lootly For sure. Anyway, um, yeah, let's keep rolling here. We just did the tail of the tape. Let's go ahead and jump into the uh, trailer for this movie, because we're rolling right along. No pun intended. No oh, pun hang intended. on a second. All right. I got to tell you the story, speaking of puns. Puns. <laughs> it's punny. So my daughter that came over with my granddaughter, she has, you know, she has her own kid now and she's understanding a lot of things about parenting, Mm -hmm. but, um, my daughter is 20, oh shit. If she was born in 96, how old does that make her? 24. This is my second oldest daughter. My oldest daughter is 26. Gotcha. So my, this is my second oldest. She's 24. And she's the one that brought the board games and stuff. Mm-hmm. We were playing games last night, and we were talking. Ro had to work last night, so she wasn't here. But um, would you like an apple pie with that? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I almost gave something away just now. I almost, oh, I almost, yeah, you almost tripped me up. Oh shit! Because I hadn't realized we haven't done our Christmas thing yet. Oh shit! I almost gave that totally away. We got something special coming for special, you guys. Special. Anyway, um. My, uh, get back on track. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I don't know how we started talking about this, but we were talking about, um, having the talk with oh, your kids. Sh- oh, damn. And I said, um, what did she, oh, I'm losing what she said now, but it was a double pun and it was funny. Um, crap. I'm going to mess this whole story up. So anyway, we were talking about because... <laughs> Everybody gave me shit because I never really had the, the talk with Deacon mm-hmm. because um, that's how we started talking about it because my granddaughter's potty training mm-hmm. and um, I was saying it's easier to potty train girls mm-hmm. than to potty train boys and because I potty trained, I had four girls, mm-hmm. then we had Deacon, mm-hmm. then we had Orchid mm-hmm. and then we had Jack. So I had four girls, a boy, girl, boy. So my four girls, I potty trained all of them. No problem. By the time they were like two, two and a half, Mm -hmm. they were totally potty trained. Because I was getting out of diapers as soon as I fucking could. Damn right. You know, Deacon came along and it was a whole new world. And I'm probably going to embarrass the shit out of him right now. But we were telling the story that um, um. when I tried to, everybody was like, well, just, you have to go pee and show him how to do it. So I don't know how, how, I don't know how other people do it, but that's what everybody told me. You just take him in the bathroom with you, take a piss and let him show you and show you and just show him how to take a piss in the toilet. Show him how to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. That's weird to me. It was Very. really weird to me, but I did it against my better judgment mm-hmm. and I only did it once and I'll tell you why. He's like two years old. I'm like, all right, son, watch. This is how you take a piss. Mm-hmm. I'm standing there. I'm pissing in the toilet. He's fascinated. Reaches out and grabs my piss. Oh. 
I freak out. Right. I'm fucking flinging it everywhere. Oh my god, no, no. <laughs> my wife came running in. What's going on? I'm like, get him out of here. Get him out of here right now. Oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> he smells like piss. <laughs> yeah. Never again. So then we tried everything else. We tried the Cheerios in the toilet, aiming at the Cheerios, mm. rewarding it. I don't fuck if I know. Um, he got potty trained somehow. Somehow. I don't fully remember. Mm-hmm. I pray to God he's not sitting down to pee to this day. I don't think he is. <laughs> if you are, I'm sorry. I don't want to know. He's in there kicking his feet. <laughs> but I was saying, because then they were saying that they started giving me shit, or Elizabeth started giving me shit because I never really had to talk mm-hmm. with Deacon. Because I didn't really have to, because by that time, he had had, like, the sex. They were doing, like, sex ed in school in, like, fifth or sixth grade at that point, which I thought was crazy. But, you know, when you see that kids that age are getting pregnant now, it's fucking insane. But, yeah, so, like, in fifth or sixth grade, he got, like, the, the sex ed class. And then Elizabeth was like, and I gave him the rest of the talk. I'm like, what? You were, like, 13. How did you even know what the talk was? And she's like, well, I had to talk. Mom gave me the talk she had. So with my girls, their mom had like fucking schematics and pictures and grossed out pictures that they grossed out and, mm-hmm. you know, shit like that. So I don't know how she did it, but it was very detailed, I guess. Um, but I am I was just that kind of guy, I guess, that I was like, oh, gross. I don't want to talk about that type of I'm because my dad was so old school. He never had the talk with me. Mm-hmm. And this is where the conversation came from. Um. Oh, this is what she said. I said, the talk that I got came from my mom. Oh, shit. And she was like, Grandma gave you? I'm like, yeah. And my daughter goes, Grandma just doesn't grip me as the type you would come to for that kind of talk. And I started, I was like, did you double pun that on purpose? Grip you is the kind of type you would come to? <laughs> and my daughter, oh, my God, all the other, all my other kids at the table turned red. Like, I can't believe you just said that. And then my daughter started laughing because she's an adult. So we laughed about it. <laughs> she was like, no, I did not mean that as a double pun. I am. But it was funny. <laughs> look, you, that was it. like my reaction. Was, uh, yeah, your mouth was hanging over. My reaction was, I, I promise you, genuine as fuck because it caught, it caught me right away. Look, so I'm glad you said this. Right. So last night. Uh oh. Um, That's sitting a little there, glimpse into my family. We're sitting there eating um, at. We're eating uh, after my mom's uh, concert and stuff, right? Uh-huh. So we're sitting there eating, and she's been selling like flatware recently. So she's she's gotten what into what is flatware? Um, plates and shit. I think I think silverware sets and stuff like that, and plates and you okay. know. She, so Fan- she's been, fancy shit. Yeah. All right. So, um, she's telling a lady what she's gonna you know what all <laughs> comes in the set and stuff like that. So she's like, you're gonna get two forks, you know, two spoons. And a knife, right? Okay. So she's like, yeah, you're going to get five sets of that. And then you're going to get, you know, a big fork and a big spoon. And I was like, is that to toss a salad with? (laughs) And everybody looked at me like, (gasps) I was like, I was legitimately talking about like, that's what you toss a salad with, right? That's hilarious. Everybody looked at me like, no, you weren't. Look, legitimately. You should have straight up been like. I thought I was at the table with some good Christian people. What's wrong Look, with you? Legitimately, <laughs> I was like, I'm talking about salad. Oh, my God. <laughs> we ain't talking about Devo. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it was so funny because everybody, cause everybody just 
they just knew I was talking shit. Oh no! What was uh, what was uh, <laughs> Terry Cruz's name in uh, Friday After Next? Uh, a uh, Damon. Damon. <laughs> I'm about, a boy, Damon. <laughs> we ain't talking about Damon. <laughs> but um, mm. Tupac. 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 <laughs> but going into the whole um, birds and the bees talk. Right. Never had it. This. This was. This is. This is how <laughs> my mom. You know, God bless her soul. So I'm sitting in church. Oh boy! In church, right? So I don't know why she felt froggy or something, you know. But she's like, "Hey, come talk to me real quick." Uh oh. Like, All right, sure, right? So, you know, we walk out into the hall, and she's like, "I want to ask you something." I said, "Okay, mom, sure." She's like, "Are you a virgin?" How old were you? I was like 15 or 16. Oh, shit. Okay. <laughs> I just laughed. <laughs> oh, my God. I looked at him and was like, no. <laughs> oh, shit. She was like, what made her just. I don't. I have no clue. So, what did she. How did she respond to that? She was like, okay. That's it? That was it. It was random as fuck. As, again, I was in church. I was legitimately in church. And she was like, hey, let me come talk to you for a second. I was like, all right. Maybe she figured church was like a safe place. I don't know. But there's, I've never had the talk. So get this. When I say my mom had the talk with me, mm-hmm. here's the talk I got. My mom said, I noticed as I've been doing your laundry <laughs> that there's things happening. That you may not be used to. to. Yeah. (laughs) And I just want to talk to you about it. And I'm like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) So then she follows that by, now, do you believe in prophetic words? Words have power. Mm -hmm. I know you believe that. I believe it. Mm -hmm. She followed that by, by going, I feel like I need to talk to you about this. Because I know when you're 18, you're probably going to walk into this house and tell me you got a girl pregnant. Not, I want to keep that from happening. It was, mm-hmm. I know this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then so she was like, it's this, it's that, and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay. And in my head, I'm like, I need to start using a towel or something. <laughs> so I'm like, what am I, 13, 14 at this point, I think? Mm-hmm. You know, and then... uh Sure enough, when I was 18, I, was say, sure as shit. I walked right up in that house. I was like, yeah, I got to grow pregnant. I'm getting married next week. <laughs> Thanks, mom. Shotgun. I blame you. <laughs> no, it's not. It's totally my choice. Gotcha. I didn't have to do it. I, you know, it's funny, and I don't want to get too much into this because I know there's a lot of people listening that are probably privy to my situation, and I don't want to sound like an ass, but I was thinking the other day, like, everybody in my life tried to talk me out of getting married when I was 18. Mm-hmm. everybody just about almost everybody in my life and um i had because i was working a super shuttle with a bunch of dudes that drove vans all day and i they, they were talking like you know you don't have to get married just keep getting laid blah 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 there's different <laughs> ways to do it and i'm like dude that's not it like i'm in love i want to get married and i was i was in love and i wanted to get married but i think i was i don't know why i was at the car wash the other day cleaning out my car <laughs> cleaning out my truck and i don't know why i was thinking about it then but i thought about it and i was like if I ran into an 18-year-old now mm-hmm. that was getting married, I would probably tell him the same thing that mm-hmm. everybody was telling me when I was 18. 
You know what I mean? It's so weird, like how your perspective changes. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying it's because I hated my life or, or whatever. It's because I wouldn't want anybody at 18. You're not ready to get married. Right. I totally thought I had my whole life mapped out and I was ready to get married and have kids and all that. And it, I wasn't until I was 30 years old that I realized that wasn't what I wanted to do. And by then I'm like, well, fuck now I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Now so you fucking dread Thanksgivings and shit. Yeah, like exactly. That. <laughs> so yeah, I think yeah. Now my advice to anybody at that age would be, don't fucking get married. Like live a little. Like, live a go, little. Go Definitely. do some shit. Like, Definitely. Get in trouble. Like, Definitely. You know, go on. I'd say go catch some live music, but that ain't happening now. So I don't know. Maybe you should just get married and quarantine yourself with somebody for the rest of your life now, because the world's so much different. Now you got to have a vaccine to go to watch your concert at Ticketmaster. Fuck that shit. Anyway, <laughs> let's watch the let's check out the trailer to this movie. A Charlie Brown Thanksgiving sponsored by McDonald's. Nobody can do it like McDonald's can. And by Dolly Madison, bakers of all kinds of meat to eat treats. Thursday from New York, Hawaii, Detroit, and Toronto. Join your favorite CBS stars for the 28th annual All-American Thanksgiving Day Parade. Jasper and I are happy to announce the J.C. Penny after Thanksgiving sale. Jasper is a turkey. All fine jewelry, 25 to 50% off. All women's sleepwear and robes, 20 to 40% off. All box apparel for kids, 25% off. These men's crew neck sweaters, only $19.99. Big savings at the JCPenney after Thanksgiving sale. <laughs> I just told them that. season. Prepare to have the stuffing scared out of you. Thanksgiving. In the town of Plymouth, Massachusetts, the fourth Thursday in November is the most celebrated day of the year. The table is set. The festivities have begun. But an uninvited guest has arrived. And this year, there will be no leftovers.
of hungry. Happy Thanksgiving, Grandma. Then you stop. <laughs> From director Eli Roth. Thanksgiving. You'll come home for the holidays in a body bag. And now, our feature presentation. Oh, man. So, yeah, happy Thanksgiving. That was not uh, the preview. That was not the trailer for Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That was Eli Ross Thanksgiving, which was a... Do you know what that's from? Mm-hmm. That was the fake trailer they did for... Uh, when Quentin Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez did uh, the uh, Death Proof and Planet Terror, the Grindhouse mm-hmm. set, in between, they did a they had a bunch of directors do fake trailers. Eli Roth did one. Uh, Rob Zombie did one. Nice. Uh, but that was Eli Roth's. Rob Zombie's was Werewolf Women of the SS with Nicolas Cage as Fu Manchu. It was fucking amazing. But that was the Eli Roth trailer. It was Thanksgiving. And uh, I thought it was fitting for our Thanksgiving episode. So that was pretty funny. But anywho, that's what you get. <laughs> uh, uh. Oh, there was one other thing I wanted to talk about. And for the life of me, I can't remember what it is now. Damn. It was Thanksgiving related. Oh, talking about the world being different. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about this because it was kind of trippy. The Thanksgiving Day Parade. Mm-hmm. Did you know it still happened this year? Did it? You could watch a live stream of it. They still had the floats going down the street and the balloons and everything. Just no and people? it was full of, yeah, there was no one on the streets. It freaked me out a little bit, to be honest with you. Post-apocalyptic. It was totally interactive. <laughs> like, you had it on, Ro had it on her phone, and we were watching it, and you could turn around. It was like you were looking up and down the street. Oh, shit. We were looking up and, like, looking at the top of the skyscrapers and stuff. But it was just a row of empty street. Wow. With balloons and shit coming down. And it was really, like, yeah, it was creepy almost. I couldn't watch much. Like, she watched more of it than I did. I was like... I can't watch any more of this. It's depressing me. Like, there was not one single soul on the side of the street. It was just a big row of cameras. So, if I'm not lights. mistaken, they're, uh, they're not doing the ball drop either. Really? Yeah. What about the bowl games? That's going to be weird. So, they've been letting people, you know, into hmm. fucking a little bit of people into yeah, these yeah. bowl games and stuff like that. Yeah. So, because that generates a lot of fucking But the money. ball drop. Yeah. Damn. Right. I used to watch uh, Dick Clark's Rock and New Year's Rock and Eve mm-hmm. every year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dick Clark's no longer with us, but you know. Right. You remember uh, the Method Man album? Which one? To Cal, 1999. Mm-hmm. And it starts out, "Hello, I'm Clark Dick." <laughs> remember that <laughs> little skit? And they were counting down three, two, one. <laughs> Just a big explosion. Oh man, good shit, good shit. To Cal. <laughs> so we can kill the bees and we, the meth. Did we actually get to hear the actual trailer or no? Nope. <laughs> You're such a dick. That was your Thanksgiving surprise. <laughs> surprise. You're a dick. We don't have to, look. I played the trailer at the end of the last episode. Gotcha. So, so you, you heard really it. you you heard it if you listen. But if you really want to hear it again, go back and listen to the end of uh, Last Boy Scout. Mm-hmm. And you can hear it. But I just, I was a little treat, little Easter egg treat that I dropped in there for you guys. That was funny. And uh, there you go. Good. So anyway, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles was released on November 25th, 1987. And I went back on Google and looked. And uh, that was actually the day before Thanksgiving. Nice. I said it was Thanksgiving Eve. That's oh. pretty cool. 
Um, let's see what else. Uh, it stars, of course, Steve Martin and John Candy. We got a couple of uh, cameos in here. Uh, Kevin Bacon, we'll see in the beginning. Uh, Michael McKean is the state trooper. Um, you know him as, uh, well, I always think of him as Lenny from Lenny and Squiggy mm-hmm. on uh, Laverne and Shirley. Um, and also uh, Edie McClurg is in this movie. Uh, don't you know? Don't you know? As soon as I heard her voice, I, <laughs> yeah. I said it like three times. <laughs> who's, the, who's the dude uh, uh, that picks them up? The son. What's his name? Oh, his name is, I think it's Dylan Baker. Yeah, cause I was trying to think what movies he was yep. from. He's <laughs> he was in uh, looks like oh he was the uh, oh you know who he was trick or he treat. was the uh, principal in Trick or Treat mm-hmm. Stephen like and uh, remember with this kid don't forget to help me with the eyes <laughs> and then he had chopped the kid's head off and then um, he tells we were talking about this he tells this kid go watch Charlie Brown because he's trying to bury the kid in the backyard and this kid's all. Charlie Brown's an asshole. <laughs> uh, Principal Wilkins, that's Stephen Wilkins, that's who he was. And then, of course, he ended up being the victim of, uh, um, what's her face, uh, Buck Tooth, Gap Tooth Lady. Uh, uh, fuck. Uh, she played Rogue in X-Men, and she was also in True Blood. And I can't even think of her name in True Blood now. It's escaping me for some reason. Um, oh, man, because I know it. I love that show. Anyway, you know who we're talking about. And if you don't, yeah, who cares? <laughs> anyway, so um, this movie had a budget of thirty million dollars. Damn! And it only grossed forty-nine million. Damn! And I read in the uh, trivia it's because it was kind of eclipsed by Three Men and a, and a Baby. Damn! It came out the same weekend, and everybody went and saw Three Men Why and a Baby. Why the fuck was this movie so much? Um, they talk a little bit about that in the there. There was a lot of shit going on uh, weather-wise. They hung out in Buffalo, New York, I think, for a few weeks waiting for it to snow, and it wouldn't snow because it was unseasonably warm that year. They ended up trucking in snow for a bunch of the stuff they did. Damn. Um, since we're into the trivia, let's go ahead and talk about that. Um, this was John Candy and Steve Martin's favorite film of their own. I don't know what of their own means, but. They both said that this was the favorite film. They're one of their favorite films that they did, deservedly so, because it's fucking hilarious. Oh yeah, this movie. If you have not seen this movie, you really need to watch it. Like I know a lot of people have told me they like listening to this podcast because if they haven't seen the movie, it makes them feel like they've seen it. Mm -hmm. And some people go back and they check out YouTube for some of the scenes that we talk about. Nice. Um, But I think that's really cool. But you really, if you have not seen this movie, YouTube will not do it justice. You have to watch it from beginning to end. Front to back. Because it's absolutely amazing. Um, The marathon car rental scene is exactly one minute long from the time Steve Martin starts his triad to the time that the intended ends the scene. Tirade. What did I say? Triad. Oh, tirade. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm a little dyslexic. I'm not wearing my spectacles. Um, I am getting actual glasses soon. Oh, shit. Yeah. Old, you old fogey. Four eyes. <laughs> Dude, I went to the eyeglass place to get my test the, the test done, mm-hmm. and the lady goes... I don't see how you see. <laughs> well, she here's what she said. She was Japanese. She goes, we're going to be able to get you glasses, but your left eye is still going to be a little weak because I have the machine turned up all the way, 
and you still cannot see through it. <laughs> Confucius say you Oh need my god, dude. Like, yeah, I glasses. broke I broke the machine, I guess. <laughs> anyway, so in that sixty seconds, the F word is used eighteen times. And look, I counted it. He did count it. It is true. It is true. Well, nineteen. He says it eighteen times and then she says you're she says, fucked. yeah. So, so it's 19, uh, but yeah. It's got the uh, legacy stamp of approval on that fact, that fact. factoid. Fact. That's a legacy, legacy factoid. factoid. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the film would have easily been rated PG or PG 13 by the MPAA if it weren't for that scene. <laughs> Yo, Hilarious. and it comes it comes out of nowhere. I like I did not expect that in right. the slightest bit. And just for that minute my mouth was just wide open. Did like, you were laughing shit. your ass off? I thought I was gonna Holy have to pause the movie. shit. <laughs> so um John Hughes said that he was inspired to write the film story after an actual flight he was on from New York to Chicago. The flight was diverted to Wichita, Kansas, taking him five days to get home. Damn. So this was almost based on actual events. Damn. Steve Martin was convinced to join the production after favoring two scenes he had read from the script, the seat adjustment scene in the car and the F-word tirade tirade at the (laughs) rental car, rental, car rental desk. Fuck, now I'm all fucked up. (laughs) So, uh, um, in the airport scene in Wichita, when the airline employee announces that the flight has been canceled... You can see on the board behind him that the destination of the flight is nowhere. (laughs) Damn. Uh, The movie ends with a freeze frame of John Candy with a tight-lipped grin. Uncle Buck ends the exact same way, a freeze frame of John Candy with the same expression. Have you seen Uncle Buck? I have not. (gasps) Uncle Buck's amazing. I've seen bits and pieces of it. Macaulay Culkin's in that movie, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Uncle Buck, because it's it's supposed to be... um, because they, they reference Uncle Buck in um, Home Alone, if I'm not mistaken. Do they? I think so. Oh. I think. Because he's he's in it. Uh, John Candy. Oh, he is in it. Yeah. He, he's uh, one of the polka guys. Mm-hmm. Just so you guys, here's a spoiler for Christmas. We are not doing Home Alone this year. <gasps> he just made the Kevin McAllister face. Just so you know, <laughs> that might be one we do next year. Maybe. 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 maybe, maybe. But it's not one. It's not in our Christmas list Yo, this year. Home Alone Two is the funniest one. Like that is my fucking movie. Movie. Really? Like, that shit is funny. The one where he's in New York. Yeah. Oh my god. Did you know? This is so ridiculous to me. When they played that on the networks this year, mm-hmm. or even over the last few years when they played it on the network, they uh, cut out Trump's scene. Really? In the movie, that two seconds he's in it. He's in it for like two seconds. Out of spite, they just cut it out, which Damn. I think is totally stupid. But that's Damn. funny. Anyway. Um, Guess he was fired. Right. Speaking of Home Alone, <laughs> um, Steve Martin's house was also a set built from scratch consisting of seven rooms and taking five months to complete. It ended up costing $100,000, which angered Paramount executives and caused turmoil on the set. That's not the one I thought it was going to be. There's another one that says the Home Alone house. It's like seven doors down or some shit. No, like that's it. a few streets over or something like that. I'll get to it so here. So why the fuck did they build a whole house? Uh, it wasn't the house. It was the inside of the house. I don't know why they had to build an inside of the house. But so they show it for like three seconds. Right. I, that's probably why the studio is pissed. It's fucking retarded. Right. Uh, the fictional name of the railroad, which was which the characters ride, was Contract, a combination <laughs> of Conrail and Amtrak, two well-known American railroad operations. Right. It's pretty cool. 
Uh, check this out. Uh, John Hughes was known for staging improvisational moments for his actors in order to capture a genuine reaction. Since he was not satisfied with the Owen scene introductions after several takes, he privately instructed Dylan Baker to wipe spit on his right hand just before shaking hands with Neil Page. Steve Martin was not expecting this, thus his disgusted reaction to shaking his hand uh, was legitimate. The crew <laughs> reportedly exploded in laughter as Martin ran off to wash his hands immediately following the encounter. Hughes got the reaction he needed and the footage was kept in the film. Badass. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Do you get this? The train used in the movie sits dormant at a small rural station in the western New York town of Gowanda. The contract logos are still present on the engine and cars. It's remained unused since the making of the film. Nice. Dude, If this is one of those things. If I had unlimited amounts of money, you and I would be on a plane tomorrow Damn right. to go take pictures in front of that fucking train. Damn right. And I'd be like, Gowanda forever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I've been waiting for that. That was funny. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Um, according to editor Paul Hirsch, the original cut of this movie was three hours and 40 minutes long. Damn. He and John Hughes edited it down to two hours. The version was test screened, and it was probably used to edit trailers for the film, which is why they show a lot of deleted scenes. The movie was then edited again down to an hour and 33 minutes for theatrical release. According to Hirsch, a two-hour version still exists, but he doesn't know where it is. I would totally have watched a three-hour and 40-minute version of this movie. So, like, the trailer shows Steve Martin eating a pizza. Yes, and that's, and that's not, not in the movie. And then it shows um, John Candy singing like Elvis in front of the mirror, and that doesn't happen either. Mm -hmm. And then there's even a part in the movie where he talks about beer exploding on the shaking bed, but we never see it. Right. But they reference the pizza also when he thinks that John Candy stole his money. Mm -hmm. So he's like, you took money out of my wallet to pay for the pizza. Remember? Oh, yeah. yeah so um, John Hughes also shot over 600,000 feet of film almost twice the industry average. The rumored three-hour version of the film does indeed exist, although not in order. Moreover, it's a mess of footage that would take months, maybe even years, according to Hughes, to transform into an actual film. It's locked away in a Paramount vault, and according to Hughes, most of it has probably deteriorated by now. Damn. That kind of shit makes me sad. So that's probably why it was $30 million. Right. Because it fucking... You, you shot two movies. Yeah. That kind of shit makes me sad when they talk about stuff being ruined or like the originals are gone and it's like, God dang, like, because I was watching a documentary about the Universal Horror Monsters and they almost lost a bunch of those movies too because they weren't thinking about back then saving those movies for future things. Like the movie was done, they put them in a vault and they left them there. They mm. Or it wasn't even a vault, it was like a warehouse. They just threw it in there. They weren't thinking about... Because there was no VCRs then. There was no right. way to re-show it. Like, they were like, we showed it, we got our money, we put it away. Like, there was no, home, you know, no, there, no weren't TVs and everybody, there weren't TVs in everybody's home, much less a way to watch these movies in your home. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but now, yeah, I hear stuff like that. It always makes me sad. Anyway, um, on instruction from John Hughes, Edie McClurg's role as the St. Louis rental car agent was partially improvised. Huge told her to simply riff a fake phone conversation with someone about Thanksgiving plans while Steve Martin remains waiting in line, staring at her to finish up. 
McClure came up with the idea to speak with her sister about who was going to make what, adding, you know I can't cook. Hughes asked her how she came up with those lines so quickly, and she replied that, like his scripts, she just drew it from her own life. McClure claims to this day that random people ask her to tell them they're fucked. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, isn't she in Home Alone too? She is. Okay, I thought yep. so. Um, many of the highway scenes were filmed on an unopened stretch of U.S. Highway 219 that runs between Buffalo and Springfield, New York. Springville, not Spring. I was thinking Buffalo Springfield, the band. Buffalo and Springville, New York. Oh, I thought you were thinking about Homer J. Simpson. Springfield? Yeah. <laughs> At the beginning of the movie, Neil Page races a character played by Kevin Bacon for a taxi. That Kevin Bacon cameo. Mm -hmm. Later, Neil phones his wife to tell her that he has been delayed again. In the background, you can hear the fight from She's Having a Baby. 1988, also directed by John Hughes. That's what she's watching on TV. Oh. Uh, between Bacon and Elizabeth McGovern when she screams that she doesn't like his friend's girlfriend. But the movie actually had not been released yet. That's the cool thing. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, prior to... This is hilarious. Prior to shooting, John Candy arrived with exercise equipment for him to use during production. Cruz had installed a treadmill, bench press, weights, and other exercise gear in his hotel suite. Steve Martin said Candy never used any of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny. So, in a scene that's not in the theatrical version, uh, Dell and Neil eat dinner on a plane. The scene ends with a long-haired passenger in front of Neil, and his or her hair cascades down onto his brownie, completely covering it. Seeing that Neil is no longer hungry, Dell finishes... Or uh, fishes through the hair and retrieves it to eat it. <laughs> That's funny. Um, while riding the bus, John Candy sings the theme song to the Flintstones, which was his all-time favorite cartoon. I wanted to get some other ones here that were interesting about people that were almost in the movie. Um, I'm trying to find them here. John Hughes originally wanted Tom Hanks for the role of Neil Page and John Travolta for the role of Del Griffith. How weird is that? Yuck. Yeah, Hanks was unable, unavailable since he was busy shooting big. And Paramount executives, get this, did not want Travolta in the movie because he was considered box office poison at the time. <laughs> Yikes. Right. Damn. The house used as, Neil, as Neil's family home is actually in Kenilworth, Illinois, on Warwick. The house used in Home Alone was on Lincoln Avenue in Winnecta. In Winnecta, one town over. So, oh, one uh, town over. Okay. Yeah. Bill Irwin, who plays the old man sleeping on Steve Martin's shoulder during the plane scene, also appears in Home Alone and She's Having a Baby, both also John Hughes films. <laughs> right. Um, he also, uh, Rick Moranis was almost Neil Page also. The Green Convertible. The Green Convertible is a 1986 Chrysler LeBaron & Country with a 2.2-liter turbo engine. It was modified for the film, including the following Dodge 600 parts, taillights, steering wheel, and owner's manual, which can be seen in the glove compartment when Neil pulls his puts his wallet in there. The trunk from an older K-Car convertible, no third brake light, and the luggage rack was not offered in 1986, but was on older models. I thought it was going to say that it was modeled after. And it was modeled after. Uh, that's one of the other ones I didn't see here. Um, it was modeled after the uh, station wagon in National Lampoon's Vacation. Sweet. Um, movie critic Roger Ebert gave this movie four out of four stars. It was included in his list of great movies, and he watched it almost every Thanksgiving. Nice. Right. 
Look, that that makes sense. John Goodman was considered for Dale Griffith. John Goodman was considered for Dale Griffith. That makes so because because they they've they have always at least in my eyes they've always um, the similarities for them too. Right. Because you got to think he just sang this Flintstone song and then oh what's my god plays yeah yeah you know John Goodman was Fred Flintstone. Mm-hmm. Lyman Ward, Edie McClurg, and Ben Stein also appeared in Fierce Bueller's Day Off. Also a John Hughes. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, oh, that was okay. Although they appeared in television movies and shows prior to this film, this was Olivia Burnett's and Matthew Lawrence's feature film debut. That was a Lawrence kid. His son was Matthew Lawrence, the one with the horrible bangs. Mm-hmm. Horrible, horrible, and I say again, horrible, horrible bangs. Mm-hmm. Holy <laughs> fuck! Holy. Because as soon as fuck. I seen him, I was like, "Yeah, that looks like." I was like, that looks like the guy. Right. I, 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 and I, you were like, whoa. <laughs> I was like, that looks like the Joey guy. This is cool. Some football trivia. In the famous Those Aren't Pillows scene, after jumping out of bed in horror, Neil asked Dell, did you see that Bears game last week? To which Dell replies, hell of a game, hell of a game. Bears got a great team this year. Going to go all the way. In 1987, Thanksgiving fell on November 26th meaning the previous Bears game would have been on Sunday, November 22nd. In that game, the Bears did indeed post an impressive 30-10 win over division rival Detroit. At the at the assumed point that that scene happened, the Bears were 8-2 and two and en route to an 11-4 and four season. A week three game against Detroit was canceled due to a player strike. Unfortunately, they didn't go all the way as they would lose 21-17 in the divisional round to the Washington Redskins who are now just known as the Washington, the Washington football, football team. team. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. It's... Anyway, the Washington football team. Stupid. <laughs> Although it's not included in the theatrical or the network cuts, a shot of Del Griffith brushing his teeth was in- included on ads for the network version. That's when he's singing like Elvis? Yeah, I think so. Um, at the beginning of the movie, Steve Martin races Kevin Bacon, which is a direct reference to the scene in the movie Quicksilver in which the character played by Bacon is racing someone on a bicycle. I didn't really get that, but okay. All right. Rick Moranis was considered for the role of Neil. There it is. Hmm. Okay. Um, the speech John Candy gives is parodied in the Family Guy episode, Baby Not On Board, in season seven. I'm not sure which... Uh, which speech they were talking about. But I'm assuming it's the one in the hotel when he's like, I like me. My wife likes me. Oh. My customers like me. Gotcha. Because I'm good enough, I'm smart enough, and doggone it, people like me. Anyway. <coughs> Kevin Bacon is the man Neil Page races for the taxi cab. Is the man. Okay, yeah, that's just the Kevin Bacon cameo. I think we're done with the trivia now. Right. I'm so over it. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon? Yes, absolutely. Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. I was thinking about making a bump for that, that every time we ran into six degrees of Kevin Bacon, it'd be like, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> Six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Or you just put the bacon pancakes, making bacon pancakes. Oh, that's bacon genius. Making bacon pancakes. Bacon pancakes. <laughs> You take your bacon and you put it in a pancake. Dude, that's genius. I think we're going to, you know what? You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. 
That's exactly what Bacon I'm motherfucking going to do. <laughs> See, Roman's like my muse. That's, that's why we work good together. You got damn right. Yeah. <laughs> Bacon pancakes. Yeah, and, and it's funny. Pan- it's it's perfectly done to New York by Jay-Z and Alicia Keys. Oh, my bum, God. Bum, bum. That's funny. New York. Yo, it is concrete jungle. Yo, it is hilarious because it goes perfect. Like, we'll have to pull it up, like, after it. Right. I'll just so you can hear out. it, because it's funny. And he keeps me from saying Kid Cudi. Kid, he said Kid, Kid Cudi. He keeps me from saying Kid Cudi. Kid Cudi. And embarrassing myself. He said Kid Cudi. And I was Kid like, Cudi. who's... You mean Kid Cudi? Yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, that, that that youngster. He's pretty keen. I, he, I like him. I like the cut of his jib. <laughs> I'm starting to, so now, I guess, since I'm getting glasses and everything, I could talk like I'm 70. I like the cut of his jib. I could say things like, in my day. In my day, I had to walk 20 miles to school in three feet of snow. Or was it three miles to school in 20 feet of snow? Well, fuck, it was a long way. It was cold. We didn't have skis. We just went over to the snow drift and pulled out a couple of dead bodies and strapped into our feet. And we'd be skiing down the mountain going, look at me. I'm skiing on dead people. And I like it. (laughs) One year for Christmas, all I got was an ass whooping and I was glad to get it. (laughs) My dad said there's more where that came from. (laughs) Anywho, let's, uh, okay. So, planes, trains, and automobiles. So, these are cool credits. There aren't really any credits in the beginning of the movie. It just shows the Paramount thing, and then you get a black screen, and it comes across real fast. Planes, trains, and automobiles. And it makes that sound... <laughs> but it's actually the sound of a plane, a train, and an automobile as the, as the words go by. Yeah, it's really cool. So, then we start off in New York, and it says, Two days before Thanksgiving. Um, Neil, Steve Martin is, uh, he's looking at his watch. He's sitting in a business meeting. It's 445 and his boss, he's in advertising. So his boss is looking at three different ads for the same thing and he's holding them at different angles and holding them up to the light. And he's real like studying them. And Neil's looking down at his plane ticket and it shows that six his flight o'clock. leaves at six o'clock mm-hmm. and he's got to get the hell out of there. And they do that cool, uh, old mo- old school movie thing. Where it's dark and it lights up on the little part that you're mm-hmm. supposed to pay attention to that says the flight leaves at 6. So um, there's lots of silence here and it's really funny because they go back and forth between the boss and them staring at him. And the boss looking at the sheets and then him. And it's there's no talking. Right. Yeah, but it's funny. And then they come walk, you know, um, Neil and his partner come walking out of the office. And he's like two hours of staring at the fucking ads just to say we're going to reconvene after the holidays. He goes, we're, we're selling makeup. We're not trying to cure cancer. <laughs> so now he's trying to get, um, he's getting on the elevator and he's like, oh shit, I left my gloves in the office. He goes, ah, what am I going to need them for? I'm going to get from the here to the cab to the plane. Can you grab my gloves for me? He asked the guy. He's like, yeah, no problem. He's going to be sorry later on he didn't have the gloves. I'm just letting you know that right now. Look, so the funny thing is 
As soon as he showed his watch, I was like, that's a nice watch. Right, when he was looking at his watch, and it's funny, you said, that's a nice-ass watch. That's a nice-ass watch. I said, that's important. They showed that for a reason. You'll very, find out later. Very. So um, his friend's like, why Why are you trying to catch a plane now anyway? You're not going to make the airport by 6 o'clock. You'll never even, catch a cab but you don't this time cab. of day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like, just hang out and fly out with me in the morning. He goes, well, I told my wife I'd be home by 9. So he gets in the elevator, and the guy's like, You'll never make the six. Oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Should have done some hookers and blow with me tonight. Yeah. Talk to play in the morning. So now he's trying to catch a cab and he's out on the street and uh, he looks across and there's a cab that stops and he sees Kevin Bacon mm-hmm. across the street and they both see the cab. Then they both see each other and they kind of lock eyes and they both start racing for the cab. And then um, this like cart goes in front of Kevin Bacon and slows him down and uh, Neil's like, yes, and he's going to make the cab. Right before he gets there, he trips. And there's a big-ass trunk sitting on the curb, and he trips on it. Mm-hmm. And that makes it so Kevin Bacon gets the cab. And he, like, Kevin Bacon salutes him all smart-ass, and he gets in the cab and drives away. So then uh, Neil's, like, pissed off, and he runs over to another guy that's about to get a cab. And he's like, hey, I'm about to miss my flight. Can I just speak to your good nature and can you let me have this cab? And the guy's like, I don't have a good nature. He goes, I'll give you 10 bucks for the cab. He goes, make it 50. And so he's like, uh, so he's going to get his wallet. And the guy goes, well, any guy that would pay $50 for a cab, surely would pay surely 75. 75. He's like, don't bank on it. Well, while they're arguing, you see somebody throw that trunk in the trunk of the cab. Mm-hmm. They put the trunk in the trunk. And they're tying it down, and the cab driver's letting somebody else in the cab, but they don't see it. So he pays the guy 75 bucks, and he goes, wow, you're a thief. He goes, close, I'm a lawyer. Ha, 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 So then he's like, that's my cab, and he's following, he like, starts chasing it down the street. And this is something he'll say through the whole movie. You're messing with the wrong guy. <laughs> <laughs> so he finally, he almost catches the cab and he looks in and John Candy and him lock eyes and John Candy's like, oh, like scared. And then the cab <laughs> drives away and he drops his briefcase and he gets run over by a car and all this crazy shit. So then he finally arrives at the airport only to see that the flight's been delayed anyway. Mm-hmm. So now he's got to wait. So then we cut to his house where his kids and his wife are having dinner and his kids are like, is grandpa coming over? And she's like, yeah. And then he's like, is he going to give us noogies? He was like, probably. And what's the other thing they were talking about? Like, She was like, I, he gives you noogies and he gives you Indian burn. She that's right. He's like, I'd rather have a noogie than an Indian burn. I, I like noogies. So then and the girl's like, he always makes me sit on his lap and something pokes me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. So, Indian birds. Mm-hmm. As many of you may know or not know, uh, my step family is Navajo. Mm-hmm. My stepchildren are Navajo. Mm-hmm. And two of my biological children also live with us. Mm-hmm. They are not Navajo. They're about as white Irish as you can possibly get. Mm-hmm. But they all get along very well. I've been extremely blessed that my two sets of kids get along very very well mm-hmm. but the other night and it's it's a big joke like um dominic 
always makes the joke, you know, we're the brown family, you're the white family, or whatever, you know, it's because we're brown, or what, you know, it's funny, it's a joke, it's mm-hmm. like a running joke, but um, they were wrestling around the other night, and uh, Deacon said something like, he told Dominic, he's like, I don't remember if it was him or one of the other kids, but he's like, I thought you were going to give him an Indian burn, <laughs> and I went, Deacon, and he's like, what, and I said, um, they just called him Burns. <laughs> and he started laughing. Everybody started laughing. I said, you know, it's like when you go to China, they just call it food. It's not Chinese food. <laughs> anyway, I thought about that because the Indian bird, noogies. Gotcha. Anyway. So when you're in Seoul, do they call it Seoul food? No. That's, that's when you're... When you go to uh, the Golden Rule Cafe. Oh, shit. You ever been to the Golden Rule Cafe? Never. <gasps> on 24th Street? I don't know if it's still open or not, but it was a staple in this town. for 24th like, Street and what? 24th Street and I want to say Jefferson. Oh, yeah. I have. Mrs. White's Golden Rule Cafe. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, like for a second, I had to think about it. So oh, that's dude. on it's on 7th Street. Mrs. White's is on yes. Washington, I think. Yes. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, oh, yeah, I guess it's not quite 24th Street. Yeah, but say it's it's like sixteenth like, or something like that. But it's dude, the best soul food you will ever get. It used to be, not now. It's like where, hey. where is it at now? Because uh, I want to go. Oh, uh, there's a place called Off the Hook that's pretty good. Where's that at? It's on Nineteenth and Glendale. And let me okay, I'm gonna educate. I don't, don't want to get too racial here, mm-hmm. but I want to educate you white people. Ooh. just a little he, bit. He can say that because he's half Mexican. I'm half Mexican. Yeah. This bugs me. I, I'm gonna. I'm not saying this isn't soul food, mm-hmm. but it bugs me because whenever people talk, here we go. I know. I know where you're going. Whenever people, white people, talk about, let's get some soul food. What do they want, Roman? Lolos. Oh, and what do they have? Lolos. <laughs> Chicken and waffles. Chicken and waffles. <laughs> I just want you to know. Tell them, preach, preacher, right. preach, preacher. Good. To put. Wait, wait, wait. Put your preacher voice on. Let me hear it. I'm here to tell you today. <laughs> I'm here to tell you. <laughs> I've been around this for a long time. For a long time. I've been on this road eating some soul food. Preach, preach up. I like the macaroni and cheese. cheese. I like me some greens. greens. It don't matter what kind of greens. Ooh. Mustard, collard, any kind. Greens. Greens. You get your kale in there. That counts as a green, too. I know you don't hear me in the back. I hear you, Pastor. I hear you. Again, I get an amen. Amen, amen. But then you come in and you want to talk about Lolo's. I said chicken and waffles. You get the chicken with the waffles. But I want to tell you today. I'm here to tell you. He sent me to tell you. I've been around. I've been up and down the road. And I never heard of no chicken and waffles till about 10 or 12 years ago. I don't know where it was popularized. I don't know where it came from. But I've been to a lot of church potlucks in a lot of people's houses for Thanksgiving. And I never had any chicken with my waffles. That's some white people's shit. Straight from, it's a lie. Straight from the mouth of the devil himself. Straight from the pits of hell. You got to get some macaroni and cheese. You got to get some chitlins. And I know you got to put hot sauce on those to make them taste good so you can eat them but you gotta do it your boy your turkey neck you get some, <laughs> some black eyed peas oh, you gotta shit. get some biscuits with the butter dripping off of it go back for seconds for the fried chicken made fresh in your mama's kitchen Damn. not KFC not churches not Boston Market from your mama's kitchen oh shit <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh. Let us take up an offering. Oh my gosh, yo! The that, bishops in the back. <laughs> they come. They're coming now. They're gonna move forward. Can we get a sele- uh, Can we get a B selection from the choir, please? <laughs> <laughs> He's been so good. <laughs> just to give you a little, little, just a, right. just a little history. Uh, the whole <laughs> chicken and waffle thing I actually think started at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles. Oh, where's that at? California. Okay, but it's a ba- it's kind of a new thing though. Isn't yes, it? Like, it, it you know it's not Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles has been you know a staple in L.A. Right. You know probably last twenty thirty years something like that. But it 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 wasn't anything bigger than that until recently. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that shit's not so food. Let me tell you, that's that's not really okay. So. I talked to Najee about this. One mm-hmm. of Najee's a mutual friend of ours. Shout out, Najee, if you're listening. Ooh, 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 ooh. But I was talking to him about this one day, and he was saying, because we were talking about culture, mm-hmm. and he was saying, it's an unpopular opinion, but soul food mm-hmm. is not African culture. It's American mm-hmm. culture. Definitely. Because if you go to Africa, they're not eating nope. mac and cheese. They're not eating nope. greens. That's that's become an American mm-hmm. culture. Um, but we were talking about that, and... I'm, I'm sorry, just a lot of people, when they say they want to go get soul food, and I'm like, oh, cool, I'll go for some, some soul food, you know, and catfish, mm-hmm. something, you know, they're like, chicken and waffles, I'm like, dude, that came about because somebody was poor, right. and they wanted some breakfast, right. and they didn't have no sauces, they right. had no ba- all they had was some chicken, right. and they had some egos. It was a struggle meal. Yeah, yeah, exactly, <laughs> struggle. we were talking about, we had spaghetti right before we got on here, mm-hmm. and we were talking about how I just, I like making spaghetti because it's quick, and it's a struggle meal. Man, I wore myself out on that preaching. <laughs> I haven't done that in a while, I'm cramping a little bit on my side here. <clears throat> Work that out. I might have to put my other rib back in place. We're done. So a struggle meal is when you put some stuff together and it makes you know a nice, a good little meal. Right. So. But that's where I guarantee, I guarantee you. Yes, it's that's a struggle where chicken meal. Chicken waffles came from. Mm-hmm, just like they chicken. They had some eggos. They had some leftover chicken. <laughs> some chicken strips or something. They just warmed all that shit up and made it work. Like soul food. Like when it comes down to it, it is you know. Have you ever heard the saying from the rooter to the tutor? Yep. That means we're eating yeah, everything. Yeah. Yep. Don't waste nothing. Mm. And if you've um, never had the joy of smelling chitlins cooking, <laughs> trash. Look, I, I look. I've tried them once. Oh my like, god! Ugh. I walked in. A, I walked Ugh. in this lady's house, and I was like, "Did Ugh. your sewer line break?" Yeah. She's like, "No, I'm making chitlins." Ugh. And, and there's there's so many people that are, you know cuss you out about some chitlins. Oh yeah. They like. They, have you ever eaten chitlins? I eat them. I call them. No, no, no. I've had them once. I have too. one one time, one time, and no. I had them once just to say that. Just to say, just to say I did it. Yeah, just to just and yeah, you gotta you gotta your mouth's gotta burn so you don't taste nothing. So you gotta put a lot of hot sauce. And they even told me that chitlins. They are they actually. Oh, so if you don't know, chitlins Mm -hmm. are the intestine Mm -hmm. of the cow or pig or or pig. Uh, Usually a pig, I think. Mm -hmm. It's usually pig. It's the shit. The shit. The linings. Yeah, and they clean it out and everything. The Navajo do the same thing with the sheep. Mm-hmm. Like they eat all that mutton, right? Yeah, they eat all of it. Like Roe told me stories about the kids' job when you first start working on uh, slaughtering a sheep. Mm-hmm. The kids get the shittiest job. They got to clean out the. <laughs> yep. She goes, "You're just soaking that intestine in boiling water and yep. just straining it through over and over again until it comes out clean, mm-hmm. and then it's okay to eat. And don't leave anything dirty in there because if somebody gets some shit in their mouth, you're gonna get beat." Yep. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, that's the way it was. Like you use every part of the animal from the root to the tutor. Yep. Yes. Cut off its horns and slap, wipe its ass and slap it on my plate. 
Sorry, you steep my steak. Anyway. Wow, I digress. We really got off on that one a little bit. I don't even know how we got there. Because I said soul food. Soul food. I said in soul, do they call it soul food? Oh, that's said, right. Oh, gotcha. Because you said in, the Indian burn. Right. Damn, we just started the movie. <laughs> All right. But I like nuggies. Yeah, right. <laughs> damn sure take. I would. I don't blame them. I would damn sure take a noogie over fucking Indian burn any day of the goddamn week. Mm-hmm. My brother and I used to thwap each other. Thwap. You ever heard of that? Mm-hmm. All right. So you hold your finger like you're doing the A-OK, mm-hmm. but you hold these two fingers. Mm-hmm. So it's just your, what's this called? Your index, your yeah, ring, ring finger. finger. Mm-hmm. So you're holding your first two fingers down with your thumb. Is it where you go like, Fuck. So your ring finger and your pinky are the only ones out, but you got to let it loose like that. See, mm-hmm. I, I got a nice loose movement on that. Mm-hmm. This is years of practice right here. You get it nice and loose, you get it going like a rattlesnake, you just, bam, you just hit somebody with That shit stings. Oh. And yeah, bam, I used to do it in my kids' butts when they'd be walking by, thwap them. <laughs> but my brother and I would do that, and our arms and stuff would be just all red from thwapping each other. So with with your little thwap hand, it looks like that's your strong hand from, yeah. this is my strong hand, grab my strong hand. My thwap hand is strong. I'm like 50 cent. <laughs> no, um, it was a reference to Scary Movie 2. Yeah, I know. I was like, grab oh, yeah, my strong no, no, hand. Grab my strong hand. <laughs> so, mm-hmm, uh-huh. mm, these mashed potatoes. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> we digress. So, digress. Digress. All of the above. Digress. Can I get a... Hallelujah? Can I get a what, 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 what? So um, now we're back at the airport, and mm-hmm. uh, Neil's sitting there, and he looks over, and he sees uh, Dell reading a book. Mm-hmm. And he's staring at him, and Dell looks over, and he's like, do I know you? He's like, yeah, you stole my cab. He's like, I've never stolen anything in my life. He's like, no, right there on Park Avenue or whatever it was. I was mm-hmm. trying to get my. He's like, I had no idea. And he apologizes. He's like, I didn't know that was your cab. He goes, but I saw you when you chased me down. You scared the bejesus out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Look, no, wait. It showed the flash when he when he realized who he was. Yeah, he sh- it showed him in the cab, um, like, oh, yeah, of John Candy's <laughs> face. So funny. So then he's like, uh, let me buy a hot dog and a beer. He's like, no, thanks. I'm kind of particular about what I eat. He goes, how about a coffee? No. Soda? No. Lifesavers? No. Slurpee? And then you were like, where the hell is he going to get Slurpee at the airport? So he's, so first of all, he says, can I get a hot you know, hot dog and a beer? No. He's like, okay, well, just a hot dog? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Some coffee. Then he goes into that whole triad. So then, um, right. <laughs> So he, um, Neil finally gets a standby flight, mm-hmm. but he gets put in coach and he had a first class ticket on his other flight. So he's arguing with the flight attendant that he wants first class and she pretty much tells him to fuck off. And then, uh, he ends up, the only open seat is between Dell mm-hmm. and an old guy mm-hmm. who was the guy that was in home alone or whatever. He's been in a lot of John Hughes movies. He had to sit in the middle. <laughs> Now, if you've ever flown, you know the last seat you want to be in is, in the middle. is that goddamn middle seat. Mm-hmm. I hated that. Mm-hmm. I always try to get the window or the aisle. I never mm-hmm. like sitting, especially if it's people you don't know. Right. It's horrible. You're like elbow to elbow with total strangers for like however long your flight is. It's horrible. I do want to tell a flight story, though. All right. Let's hear it. I'm full of stories tonight. It's like Jodie Foster flight? No. Nothing. <laughs> It's not like that at all. <laughs> <laughs> so I used to travel quite a bit with my old job. Mm-hmm. 
I flew around the country fixing printers, direct carbon printers. Mm-hmm. So I've I've flown all over the place, um, and I I love the whole act of flying. I like going to the airport. I like going to security. I like grabbing a Starbucks at the gate while I'm waiting. Mm-hmm. You know, I like the whole thing. I like boarding everything as long as I don't have to sit in the middle seat. So I'm flying back, and this was kind of a, a a troubled trip in and of itself. But I'll just go to the very end. I'm flying back from a from a um. Kentucky, Paducah, Kentucky. Okay. So there's not an airport in Paducah, Kentucky. So I had to fly into Nashville and drive a rent-a-car to Paducah. And then when I was done, I had to drive back to Nashville to catch a plane. Mm-hmm. It's probably a, it's a couple-hour flight. Um, layover in North Carolina, which is really weird because it's so out of the way. Mm-hmm. But they, they take you through North Carolina and then back here. So that's a couple hours right. on the plane. Well, about halfway through my flight, I had eaten a bunch of soul food oh, at the shit. North Carolina airport. Mm-hmm. That is the nicest airport in the country. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Their fucking food court, mm-hmm. it's got fried okra, mm-hmm. it's got greens, it's got catfish. I pigged out. I'm like, which one Which one did you fly into? Uh, Charlotte. Okay. So, I ate that when I got there, and I looked. I was there for three days, and the whole time I'm like, I can't wait to go back to Charlotte. I'm going to eat again. It's going to be <laughs> awesome, because it some of the best fried okra I've ever had in my life. Oh, so shit. I ate again on my layover, and then about halfway home, all of a sudden, I have gas, mm. and I got to let one loose. Mm. And I'm like, I cannot let this loose on this airplane. In the middle seat? No, I was I was on a window. <laughs> I was, I was on a say, window. Oh, shit. So I held it, I held it. So we're like, now we're like 45 minutes out of Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Then I'm I'm like really uncomfortable. Like I'm shifting around because I'm really holding it. Like you know how you feel it moving around in your stomach, and I'm like, oh my god, this is so uncomfortable. So then finally, the pilot comes on. And is like we'll be landing at Sky Harbor International Airport in 15 minutes, and I'm like, oh, god damn it, I cannot hold this anymore. So I look around, and um, there was a young couple sitting behind me, mm-hmm. and across the aisle there was a lady with like a three month old baby. Mm-hmm. And I like leaned to the side a little bit and I just, I let a little bit, I was trying to relieve some pressure. I let a little bit go. I just, you know, that whole, where you're trying to kind of hold it in. <laughs> and then I'm kind of hanging out. So about maybe 30, 40 seconds go by. And the guy behind me leans over to his girlfriend and I hear him whisper, I think that baby took a shit. <laughs> My facial expression did not change. <laughs> I didn't move. But inside, I was dancing like I was at church. And I was like, I got away with it. I got away with it. Yeah, yeah. That baby got blamed for it. I got away with it. <laughs> and I am ashamed. I am so ashamed. I am so ashamed to say to this day, that is one of the proudest moments of my life. <laughs> That I got away with farting on a plane oh. and a baby got blamed for it. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, man. My oh. proudest moment and my most shame moment at the same oh, time. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so that's my airplane story. There's a lot of other ones, but that's by far the funniest one. Yo. Yo, that was probably one of the funniest oh. shits I've heard. <laughs> no pun intended. Ever. Like... <laughs> Anyway, so uh, oh, shit. good old Neil is stuck in between that old guy and Dell. 
Oh my gosh. And um, so uh, <laughs> Dell starts getting real talkative, and Neil doesn't want to talk to him, but he's like, he goes, "No offense, I really want to read this article in this magazine. My friend wrote it, and I'm not really a big talker." And Dell goes into this whole, "Oh yeah, no problem. You don't have to tell me." Ah oh, man, nothing, nothing grinds my gears more when some guy just keeps talking when you don't want him to talk. I don't know how to shut up. I don't keep talking when people don't want me to talk. And he's just, poke me in the chops, right? I'd poke his ass. Oh real my quick. god, hey, right? Hey, hey. You said that a few times through the movie. You're like, I'd have beat his ass already. Yeah, it happened. So then Dell takes his shoe off. And he's like, Oh, my dogs were hurting. They've been barking. On her and room. you could tell, like the the smell hit Steve Martin's nose, and he's like, Ah. So then to make it worse, he takes his sock off, too. Like, oh, my like, gosh. Oh, my God. He's Savannah. like waving around his sock. Yeah, yeah, right. And he almost hits him in the face with it. So then they're sleeping. And Neil's uh, sitting in the middle. The old man on one side's leaning on him. And then on the other side, Dell's leaning on him. And they're both asleep. And then all of a sudden, Dell wakes up and he's like. They lock eyes. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, six bucks in my right nut says we're not landing in Chicago. Randomly. So sure enough, they didn't. They got rerouted to Wichita. So then Neil calls his wife from Wichita and tells her that Chicago's closed because it's snowed in. And, um, you know, he's not going to make it home. And then he gets off the phone and Dell comes up. He's like, oh, was that the wife you were talking to? He's like, yeah, he's got troubles at home. huh?" He's like, I don't know. He's like, you know, it's like I always say, like your work, love your wife. (laughs) <laughs> and then he's like, I'll tell you, we're going to have more luck playing pickup sticks with our butt cheeks than getting out of here tonight. <laughs> and he goes, you'd have better luck finding a three-legged ballerina. <laughs> I tried to write down every one of these stupid things he says throughout the movie, but he says so many of them I couldn't keep up, so I didn't get all of them. Oh, man. So then uh, he asked if, uh, so then sure enough, as soon as he says that, they make the announcement, there's not going to be any more flights. So then he asked him if he got he Dell asked Neil if he got a room and Neil's like no he goes well while you were on your phone with your wife I was on the phone with my buddy at the uh, Brailwood or whatever it was called so then uh, he says you know I there's no he tries to call to get a hotel and there's no hotels so then he goes well I know the manager I could probably get you a room he goes if you pay for the cab I'll get you a room at the at the hotel he's like cool so. He looks down and that trunk is sitting next to Dell and he realizes that's the trunk he tripped on mm-hmm. that started this whole thing. He's I like, missed two cabs. Uh, so then uh, they catch a cab and they're in Doobie's Taxiola, <laughs> which is a crazy cab like all decked out with like the fringy things inside and lights everywhere. It's okay. You, you could have said it. What? Pimped out. A little pimped out. A little pimp. Pimp little my ride. Mexicali. <laughs> and then uh the cabbie is trying to you know he's talking and he takes them a long way around and he's like why don't we take the highway he's like well you said your friend was new in town i just want to show him the sights and neil's like it's the middle of the night so taxi drivers try to do this a lot mm-hmm. like they'll try and take you the long way around because it makes more of a fare mm-hmm. because they're covering more ground so then they get to the braidwood hotel i think that's what it was called the braidwood hotel and it's a fucking dump. There's two people fighting outside. And uh, they get in the lobby and there's a sign that says no bare feet in the lobby. <laughs> <laughs> so then the owner comes out and he's like, hey, 
Dell, how's it going? So they know each other. And he's like, well, I'm still a million bucks away from being a millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's stop for a minute. And you got to admit, we all know somebody like this. Mm-hmm. And it's not me, I swear to God. It's not me. I knew either. you were thinking it was me, uh-uh. but it's not. Uh-uh. I do I do say stupid things, but I do it on purpose. Mm-hmm. As, you know, like Roe was just saying a few minutes ago. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> but we've all known this guy. Mm-hmm. That you love him, but he bugs the living shit out of you. Mm-hmm. I have a friend like this. To this day, I have a friend. I'm not going to say his name, but he is a really good friend of mine. I'd give him the shirt off my back, and he'd do the same for me. But he... I have to take him in small doses. Of course. Because he annoys the living shit out of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to, we used to carpool back and forth to work. And every day I would drop him off. And I'd be having to get home to, to have dinner or whatever. And he'd be like, why don't you come in for a beer? I'm like, I can't. He goes, come on, just one. No, I really can't. Goes, come on, it just take five minutes. You, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I'm like, no, I can't. And it, keep on, keep on, keep on. I'm like, dude, no, I can't. And, Every day, it was the same argument. Like, dude, I cannot come in for a beer. Did you ever come in for a beer? No. Yeah, fuck no. I had to get home. Fuck no. And I'm not going to have a beer and then try to drive. I don't drink and drive. Like, that's my big thing. Like, I won't have, like, one drink or two drinks and try to drive Mm because that's still drinking and driving to me. I'm kind of a stickler like that. Because I'm old. Anyway, so uh, he, he asked if they still have the special businessman special or whatever he's like oh i've changed now but i'd probably get you discount blah blah and so he said it because because we'll do two and it'll still come out to the same price yeah whatever, something was like weird that. because steve martin neil had already given him his credit card and he laid it on the card machine but then dell gave him the card and he took neil's card off and put dell's card on swiped that or did something and then gave dell's card back and Neil took it, mm-hmm. and then Dell ended up with Neil's credit card, and then they only had one room, so Neil ended up paying for the room too, mm-hmm. and there was only one bed. And then they're trying to figure, you know, he's like, and I noticed right away, I was like, they swap cards. Yes, right the away, cards get swapped, and they have to share a room, and there's only one bed, and then they get in the room, and Neil's like, oh, Dell goes, you want to take a shower? And Neil's like, no. He's like, together, not, not no, together, no, not, not, not together, not like that. Not like that. Uh, oh, how funny! That's what you thought. <laughs> so, no, I don't do that. I don't do that. <laughs> so then, um, if I'm not mistaken, it looked like Dell showered first. Mm-hmm. Han shot first. I I assume you know this was probably a scene that was cut out, like him yes. singing in the bathroom. Yeah, because there's no more towels. Right. And then um, while Neil's in the shower, he notices the shower curtain rings, mm-hmm. and you realize Dell sold the whole hotel their shower curtain rings. Ha ha ha. <laughs> But it, he goes to get out of the shower, and there's no more towels. All there is is a washcloth. He's got to dry himself off the washcloth. Meanwhile, Dell's getting ready for bed, and he takes out a picture of his wife, mm-hmm. who I'm sorry looks old enough to be his mother. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? It's just weird. Anyway, and he puts it on the bedstand next to him, which is also weird. And he puts quarters in the bed to make it start vibrating. And you <laughs> laughed at that. You thought that was funny. So then Neil's on enough with a washcloth, and he's trying to dry off. He steps out of the bath, out of the shower, and the whole floor is just, it's got like a half an inch of fucking water on it, and there's a newspaper there all messed up. So then, um, now they're in bed, and um, they're uh, trying to go to sleep, and 
Dell is telling Neil, oh, I trade pillows with you, but I'm allergic to sponge pillows. They're just really bad, and blah, blah, blah. And that's why I bring my own pillows. And he goes, sorry about the beer thing. And apparently there were beer cans on the bed that exploded that we never got to see. Right. Because then Neil's like, well, now I have to sleep in a puddle of beer. He goes, I had no idea those beer cans were going to explode. He goes, it's a vibrating bed. What did you think was going to happen? So then um, Neil's trying to go to sleep, and Dell pulls out his book and lights a lighter to try to read his book. And then they show uh, Neil's wife at home, and she's trying to sleep, but she's worried, and she can't sleep. She hasn't heard from him. And then they go back. They switch back to the hotel room, and Dell's like, fiddling around and shifting and trying to get comfortable and then he starts doing this thing like trying to clear <laughs> he's his cracking his out. neck and shit first and he's and cracking then. his knuckles and his neck and he's right, and trying to clear out his sinuses and then he's like he goes <laughs> and that's when Neil's had enough and he like jumps out of bed he's like I can't do this anymore you suck whoa and then uh, what was that mm-hmm. what fell over it was over on your side Wow. Your side of the bed. Oh, was, oh <laughs> damn. Two of my Jasons took a dive at the same time. Mm, shit. Wow. All right. All righty then. I thought Halloween was over. Mm-hmm. Guess it's over when we say it's over. Anyway, so uh, Neil goes off and he's like, you suck and uh, I can't stay here anymore. And you already tricked me into paying for the cab and the room and I can't take it. And you just talk, and it doesn't even mean anything. And you're like a chatty Kathy doll with the little string that you pull, except you don't pull the string. You're the one pulling it because you want to talk, and you keep pulling it over and over again. And he, he goes like, um, I could sit in the longest, most boring insurance conferences ever, and people will be like, how did you do that? And he's like, because I had to listen to Del Griffith. They're like, oh, yeah, the shower curtain guy. I totally get it. And he goes off of this whole thing. And then he does my favorite line where he's like, here's an idea. Next time you tell a story, make sure it has a point. It makes it so much more enjoyable for the listener. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. So then Dell gets his feelings all hurt. And uh, he's like, that's fine. If you want to be mean and nasty, go ahead. But I'm the real deal. He was like, I like me. My wife likes me. My customers like me. You know, and what you see is what you get with me. And I'm the real deal. Blah, blah, blah. So then Neil starts feeling bad, and Dell goes back to bed. Neil Neil feels bad, which is what happens to the whole movie when he's done with Dell. He starts to feel bad and goes back to him. And so he feels bad, so he gets back in bed and goes back to sleep. So while they're sleeping, some fucking crackhead breaks into their hotel and steals the money out of their wallets. Mm-hmm. So then they wake up the next morning, and there's this cool shot of a, like a pig farm, which is across the street from the hotel to kind of show the sticks that they're in. So then um, they're playing, I'm back in baby's arms, (laughs) which is uh, um, Patty, uh, not Patty. uh, Dolly Parton? No, it's uh, Patsy Cline. Oh. But it's cool because they they play that same song on Natural Born Killers. Mm. But anyway, they're playing that because they're getting, they're like getting dressed and stuff. Or no, they're not getting dressed. They're playing that and they pan over and Del and Neil are still asleep. But Dell's like holding Neil and he's kissing his ear because he's dreaming. Mm-hmm. And Steve Martin's like smiling like, ah. And then he realizes, he's like, why are you kissing my ear? And then Neil's, uh, Dell's like, why are you holding my hand? And then Neil goes, where's your other hand? And Dell's like, between, between two, two pillows. pillows. And he goes, 
those aren't pillows. And they jump out of bed and they're like all grossed out because his hand is between his butt cheeks. Can you get that? Were they spooning or forking? Uh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure they were spooning with the intention to fork. <laughs> I don't think that's any of your forking business. I just want to fork and sleep. Fork you, you forking fork. <laughs> I don't know why I turned into Kermit the Frog. Fork you, you forking fork. And that goes for you too, Oscar the Grouch. Uh, anyways. <laughs> and then that's when they're like, oh, it's that Bears game the other day? Yeah, good game, good game. Then they're all the way up. Oh, 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 yeah, we're, we're they're trying to do real manly football. shit. We're men, yeah. So then uh, Neil's washing his face. And all of a sudden, he realizes he's washing his face in sock water because uh, Dell was soaking his socks in the sink. And then he gets grossed out. He starts wiping his face, but he realizes he's wiping his face with a pair of underwear. And then he grosses out again. So then Neil's talking to his wife on the phone a little later. And he's like, I'm still in Wichita. I shared a hotel with this guy I met at the airport. And she's like, you shared a hotel with a stranger? Yeah, are you crazy? He goes, not yet, but I'm getting there very quickly. So then, um, Dell talks Neil into taking a train so they could get out of there and not have to wait for the plane. So he's like, you'll get home faster. We can take a train. Mm-hmm. And then Dell goes to pull out his money to pay for breakfast. And he notices his wallet's empty and he accuses Dell of stealing it. And, um, Dell gets all offended. He's like, I'm a lot of things, but I'm not a thief. You know, and he's like, $263. Yeah, check my wallet. There's $263 in there. If there's a dollar more, you can call me a thief. But if not, you owe me apologies. So then Neil takes his wallet and he opens it. And his wallet's empty, too. He goes, it's empty. He's like, what? Oh, we were robbed. Goes, and Neil goes, you think so? Like, so dude made off with almost $1,000. Right. Because he says, I had $700 in this wallet. And then he had $263. That buy a lot of, lot of meth. A lot of meth. Yeah. So outside of like this, this one for me was like a, somewhat of a plot hole. I'm like, because outside of dude breaking in, uh, outside of of course him stealing the money, right? It's almost a useless scene. Yeah, it is. It is one of those where it's like, well, because now they have to charge their way home. This mm-hmm. is why they did it because the whole credit card thing. So they're talking about what kind of credit cards you have, and Neil's like, I got this. I got a diners club card and a gas card, and uh, what is it? I. Uh, so he says three. Yeah, but what was the uh, Neiman Marcus? Mm-hmm. I was thinking it was an old outlet. Like, mm-hmm. he's like and a Neiman Marcus card in case we want to buy somebody a gift. And then Dell's like, oh, I just got this big and tall shop <laughs> credit card. So that was another thing for me because they switch credit cards. They ha- they both had like a MasterCard right, or something like that. Right. But he only says he has one. Yep. So, but you all know that guy who never has any money when you go out. Mm-hmm. Oh man, I I I, just, I don't have nothing. Look, Can true. Spot me this one time. True story. This oh. happened probably a month ago. Let's say a month and a half yeah. ago, right? So we're at the shop, right? So we're all sitting outside, kind of shooting the shit outside for the moment, and we're all like hungry. So it's me, Jeff, Tony, and like two other guys outside, right? Okay. So this is everybody at the shop, and we're like, "Fuck!" I was like, "I was gonna go get something to eat." I'm like, "Fuck!" I'm hungry, and everybody else was like, "Yeah, we're hungry too." There's a guy there, and he's like, "We should get like a hundred wings, right?" I, I like I I've I've never thought to get you know that right, many wings. Right. You know what I'm saying? But there's six of us or five of us, and it's like you guys should kill hundred wings. Yeah. That makes sense to get you know a hundred wings, right? 
The motherfucker that brought the idea up. He ain't gonna, he ain't gonna throw in. He didn't have any money. Yeah. He wanted, I was like, are you fucking... He wanted fucking, 100 wings so he could eat. Are you fucking yep. kidding me? Like, like, I would never say right. let's do something. I hate that shit. If, Absolutely hate that if shit. If I don't have the means to do something. I was so... Like, I was I was talking shit to this guy the whole time. I'm like, right. so we're just going to get 100 wings, huh? And you're not going to pay for that. Uh-huh. He, ended up, he ended up having, you know, a little bit of money later. Right. But... You motherfucker. Well, that's why he was his idea. You motherfucker. I was mad. Because if you had got food for you and food for him and food for him, he wouldn't have got anything. I was mad at your wings, there's enough to go around. Yeah, Oof. we had a friend in our friend group that used to do this. Oof. And we got to the point where we had to sneak around and make plans to go out to eat. Because mm-hmm. he would go out to eat with us fully knowing he had no money. Yep. He would sit down, order a drink, order food, mm-hmm. fully knowing he had no money. Because then it puts all of us in a bad spot. Because mm-hmm. they bring the check and he's like, oh, I don't have any money. And somebody would always always end up having to pay for his food. And it would piss me off every time. Because our same friend would get sick paying for his food because he was too nice. Because mm-hmm. the restaurant was like, well, guess where you we guess you're fucked. Yeah. You know? Washing dishes, motherfucker. Every fucking time. It pissed us off. To the point where we would be like making plans, like trying to avoid him mm-hmm. so he wouldn't know we were going out to eat. So get this. <laughs> I don't know how he got wind of it, but one night we did that and it was like there was literally like 12 of us because we had just done a con mm-hmm. and it was all of us that hung out at the con and we made these whole plans. We went out to Denny's or his IHOP. Mm-hmm. We're sitting at IHOP. It could not be more like a movie. It was raining. I oh, think it was raining. Shit. We're sitting there. We look out the window and he's, he's standing in. there looking in at us while we're eating and he had been at the con too. Mm-hmm. So he knew we were all there together and when we were all like faking like bye I'll see you later blah blah like and then we all converged with the eye. He must have followed one of us. Mm-hmm. So creepy. So then he's standing there all pissed. He comes walking in. Plops down at the table with us all mad. And proceeds to order food. And we're wow. like, the audacity of some people. Yeah. Did he, did he pay for it or not? And the same dude that always paid for his shit. Paid for his shit. And we all left there angry. It ruined everybody's night. Wow. It ruined all of our nights. Wow. Fucking freeloaders, You man. fucking freeloaders. Look, I was so upset. I was like, are you fucking kidding yeah, me, man? don't do that shit. You if you're listening, don't do that shit. It's not right. cool. Not cool at all. It's one thing. If you're close enough to somebody, like, if I was hungry, mm-hmm. I would not have a problem being like, dude, can you buy me a burger? Right. I'll get you back tomorrow. Right, right, right. Because I will get you back tomorrow. Right. Or, the next, or whenever. Right, whenever. I'll, I'll get you back next week. Or right. next time I'll buy yours. Or, right. You know what I mean? But yeah, to just expect give me the it, option to, to say yes or no. Just to expect. Let's just get hundred wings, and then you know if you guys can't eat all my, yeah, I can eat. Some Yo, of I was so wings. I was appalled. Oh I was God, like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Mama didn't raise you right. Are you fucking kidding me? And this was your idea, right? Yo, I was talking shit to him the whole fucking time. Right. I promise you, dipshit. So then, um, after they realized they were robbed. They're sitting outside the hotel, and it's like, well, we can't take a train now, but we can't. We got to get the train station. Mm-hmm. We're waiting for. And then he's like, "So and so's son is going to come pick us up." The owner of the motel. He's like, "His son's going to give us a ride into uh, where was it? Um, Wichita, right? To get a to get to catch the train." So then uh, this old beat up truck comes pulling up, and I was like, "Is that him?" He's like, "I hope not." And then this the the dude gets out. Jim, Principal Wilkins, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh. 
he keeps making that weird noise. <laughs> and he's like, there ain't no train station in Wichita. Close to the ones in Stubbsville. <laughs> and then they're like, okay. He's like, well, I'll take you there. And then they get up. And he looks at their luggage. And his wife is in the car with like two little tiny kids. Mm-hmm. And he's like, woman, get your lazy ass out of here. Get this luggage for these men. And they're like, no, no, we got it. We need somebody. No, no, she don't mind. She's tough. She's she's skinny, but she's, she's strong. She's skinny, but she's strong. Her last baby came out sideways. Didn't even bother her now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, shit. So then uh, they're sitting in the back of this truck. And uh, Neil looks down, and he sees gloves laying there. And he's like, oh, gloves. Because remember, he left his gloves. Mm-hmm. He reaches for the glove, and there's this big pile of hay. Out of nowhere, this fucking crazy-ass dog comes out of the hay. Roar, 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 roar. He's like, yeah. He's like, give me the glove. Give me the glove. And, he, and the dog's snapping at him. And then Dell's like, give him the goddamn glove, you son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. <laughs> so then... um, He keeps saying, how long do you think? He's like, it's about 30 miles. He goes, 30. No more 40, than 45. He's like 40. Maybe 50. 40, well, if he takes the back roads, it could be up to 70. <laughs> beautiful out here. Beautiful country, though. Beautiful. He goes... What do you think the temperature is out here? And Dell goes, one. <laughs> so then when they get to the train station, they show the back of the car, and the back of the truck, and they're frozen. And they got these like frozen expressions on their face. They show Dell, and then they show Neil, and then they show the fucking dog. <laughs> and he's frozen too, but he's snarling. Ah, he's all frozen. It's freaking hilarious. So then, um, so now... Uh, Neil buys the tickets because he's got the credit card. So mm-hmm. now he's bought the train tickets too. And um, he's like, we had to get separate seats. So this was another plot hole for me. Okay. So you didn't see right then and there that your cards were switched? Exactly. Like you used the card. So well, he had two different cards though. So he might not have used Dell's gotcha. card. Gotcha. Or he had three different cards. Right. Okay. But I, I get it. But they were both silver. So they looked, if it was in a little sleeve pocket or something, maybe he didn't see it. But anyway, so then Dell is like, well, how can I pay you back? And Neil's like, it's a gift. And I think in his head, he's probably going, I'm getting away from you. Mm-hmm. That's payment enough for me. Mm-hmm. He's like, give me your address. So I can say, no, 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 it's a gift. It's a gift. So then they get on the train. And he's happy because he's getting to go home. And he's talking to this little teenage girl who's reading an Us magazine with family ties on it. I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. Family ties, Michael J. Fox. Shaking things up. Anyway, um, <laughs> you're a dick. So, <laughs> you're a dick. I, I don't know what you mean. So then, you're, I, a, fucking, <laughs> you're a dick. Yeah. Uh, anyway, oh, so then uh, the train the train breaks down, and uh, it's funny because the engineers get out to look at the train, and the one looks at the other and goes, "What did you do?" <laughs> Damn. Uh, so then the train breaks down and they're stuck. So then the conductor's telling them. You gotta walk like a mile that way, and you can catch a a bus. A truck will take you to the bus station, and you can get on a bus. So then uh, Neil looks and he sees Dell trying to drag his big ass crate across the fucking dirt. And again, he feels sorry for him, so he goes over and helps him. And then now they're together at the bus station, sitting next to some guy that looks like Salt River Pete. <laughs> For sure. Do you remember Salt River Pete? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys don't know, he was the, he was the. Oh yeah, he was the mascot for the Salt River Project here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. But it also would be like Stinky Pete from Toy Story Two. Mm-hmm. Now I know why they call a him Prospector. Stinky Pete. Yeah, and he's got like a. He's literally got like a corn cob pipe in his mouth, 
And I'm sure he had a lot of amusing stories when he was younger. Right. Um, I back my day when you over there and they didn't let the Mexicans come over like they do now. <laughs> before we had a 200 miles of wall out of the 2,000 mile border. And uh, <laughs> I smell toast. I think I'm having a stroke. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So uh, now they're catching a bus, and uh, no, Dale says, "Yeah, that's what I was about to get to." Dale goes, "You ever take a bus?" And Dale's like, "No." He goes, "I don't think your mood's gonna improve much." <laughs> so then they're on the bus, and there's some crazy kid with some crazy thing on his head, running up and down the aisles. At first, I thought it was like a Boba Fett like, yeah, helmet. What the at fuck first. was that? It was like a ray gun and like some kind of crazy helmet. And then um, there's two people next to them, like making out, pretty much fucking in the seats next to them. Mm-hmm. And Dell points it out because Neil was trying to mind his own business. Dell's like, hey, check it out. And he's like, sure, me beats the uh, in flight movie. In flight movie, huh? And then they're looking. And then Del, uh, Neil's the one that gets busted, Steve Martin. And the guy's like, why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. And I'm thinking, why are you guys fucking on the bus? Like, Jesus Christ. If I'm not mistaken, they, they you know, they're insinuating that that's what they're doing because. Right. They have a smoke after. Yeah, and afterwards they're both they're smoking cigarettes. So Satisfied. Yeah. So then uh, Dell's got everybody singing on the bus, and then he goes, "All right, who's got another song?" And then finally Neil kind of tries to loosen up a little bit. He's like, "I have a song," and he's like, "All right, Neil's got a song." He's like, three coins in the fountain," <laughs> and everybody's like staring at him. You guys know this one. You guys know this. You guys one. know this, right? And they're like, "Stay." Here's a little known fact. Steve Martin is an incredible singer. Really? Yes. Like, if he hadn't been a a comic, Mm -hmm. like, if he hadn't been in comedy, he could have easily had a career in music. A comedian? Yeah. (laughs) Come, 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 (laughs) There we go. Let it go. (laughs) Anyway. um, So, anyway, so then... uh, to save him the embarrassment, Dell starts singing Flintstones, meet the Flint, and the whole bus starts singing. And then as they're pulling into uh, St. Louis, oh, he tells he, he tells him Wilma. He tells him, oh, well, this bus is only going to get us as far as St. Louis. Oh yeah, and he goes, oh yeah, I guess this is a good time as any to tell you this bus is only going to St. Louis. So like, fuck. So then in St. Louis, Dell is selling shower rings as earrings to people, and Five he's like, yeah, and he's like. Uh, this uh, pair of earrings was in uh, Liz Taylor's vagina for three days while she was <laughs> filming uh, Cleopatra. Uh, only five bucks. And it's a realistic smell, like scratch and sniff. And people are buying <laughs> shit off him. And you find out he makes like a hundred bucks selling mm-hmm. shower rings as earrings. These three girls are wearing them. He's like, you guys look older. And I don't mean just a little older. I mean like 19. And then I give them their money. So then they're having breakfast. And that's when Neil's like, um, oh, Neil tries to call home. Mm-hmm. And he's missing his daughter's Thanksgiving recital. recital. Remember when they used to do that shit in school? I've never had a Thanksgiving recital, but we had Christmas, Christmas recitals. Back before people were pussies and offended by everything. And you couldn't do Christmas because somebody might be like, I don't sell it Christmas. So you shouldn't do Christmas for anybody. You know what I mean? Like. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but we used to Thanksgiving and all that shit. Like, so we had we had like a Thanksgiving I, talent show, I think. Oh, uh, like I remember I made a little headdress with turkey feathers on it. Mm -hmm. And before, you know, the white people decided that was offensive to natives. Because it's like the Washington Redskins thing. Mm -hmm. I've never heard a native person complain about the Washington Redskins or the Cleveland Indians. The only complaining I hear about that kind of shit. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry. It's from white, guilty white guilt people. Like, I'm sorry. Leave your white guilt at home and let us have some fucking sports teams and a fucking Christmas pageant at school. Nobody's feelings are getting hurt. Right. It's fucking Christmas. I want to go watch my kids sing Jingle Bells. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like it, fuck you. Don't go watch your kids sing Jingle Bells. But I would like to do it. Mm -hmm. The last time I got to do it, because my last three kids, that all shit went away. Really? Yeah. My last three kids didn't do it because it was offensive to some people. Well, you know what? Not doing it is offensive to me, but no one seems to care oh, because uh, I hate. So I, I I worked at a school for special needs, and um, just so happens they they I can't say they didn't tell us to say Merry Christmas, but they uh -huh. they just said say Happy, Happy holidays. holidays, right? That I can almost I'm like it's I'm, it's okay, encompassing it for everybody. People celebrate other things. Mm -hmm. Like Hanukkah mm -hmm. or Kwanzaa, mm -hmm. even though I don't know anything about Kwanzaa, yeah, and I've never been, I've never met anyone that does. Mm -hmm. But I'm cool with it. If you mm -hmm. want to do that, yeah, go ahead. Right, knock yourself out. I don't give a fuck. Right, but yeah, the Happy Holidays things is more all encompassing because maybe you don't celebrate Christmas. I don't know, but to not have it at all, right? You know, it, it's just that was my one of my favorite things to do mm -hmm. was to go watch the Christmas thing yeah, yeah, at yeah. my kids' school because I liked it. I loved sitting there watching my kids and clapping for them. And mm -hmm. They worked hard at it. Mm -hmm. And the, one of my favorite memories of my kids' childhood was my daughter, Kayla Vaughn. Mm -hmm. When she was in like fourth or fifth grade, they, were, they did the little Christmas thing and they were all up on the risers and they're singing Jingle Bells. Mm -hmm. And I can hear her above everybody else screaming at the top of her lungs. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way, like as loud as she could. And I laughed until I couldn't breathe. And it's one of my favorite memories of her as a child. Look, I and, love I love being able to rub shoulders with other parents. Yeah, I'd be like, that's my kid right there. Yeah, look, I see you. Right. I see why your kid's fucked up. Right? <laughs> my daughter, my daughter Greer, one of the last concerts they did, the Christmas concert things in elementary school, mm -hmm. her music teacher had them do this really cool Animaniacs thing. Oh, nice. Where, remember when they did um, Noel? Mm -hmm. It was like, no. Leon. Yes. Leon. They did that. They did that song. <laughs> That's badass. Yes. And it was, I was like, dude, this is Animaniacs. This is so fucking. I went up and. and told the teacher that was the coolest thing i've ever seen at one of these school things nice and it was one of the last ones i went to nice because they stopped doing it so I, just, I think it's a shame like, so the the uh now that i'm thinking about it so i was a teacher's aide at a special needs school right okay. and this is a this is going back to thanksgiving um we had turkeys because you were saying you, you you made the headdress and stuff like mm -hmm. that right so we had a turkey and the the rules were um because it, it was a it was a um, you had to color over the turkey, right? Right. You had to disguise the turkey. Oh. So it didn't get eaten, right? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> so I made... <laughs> oh, no. You're going to laugh. 
I fucking I I colored him in. Like I I I drew fucking I drew him as Batman. Oh, that's freaking <laughs> awesome. Like I wish I took a picture of it because it was so badass. That's hilarious. Because it was it was badass. Oh, yeah. I was, and I was proud of it and too. And you didn't knew it, it was a turkey. Are you gonna fuck with Batman? I was like, no. <laughs> but it was it was dope because I remember it was oh, a turkey. I wish you still had that. Look, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think it's like one of my first 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 pictures on Instagram. So really? I might I might have to fucking look I'm gonna through go it. Check that out. It's Hell like yeah. four thousand fucking pictures, right. but. I think it's on there somewhere. That's cool. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Neil is missing his daughter's Thanksgiving pageant. And then they sit down to eat and he tells Dell and Dell's like, man, those are the moments you don't get back. Can't redo that. You're fucked now. And thanks a lot for rubbing it in, you know. Look, the whole time, like, it, it's so funny. You know, times, customs, and manners have changed. Right. Because he's fucking chain smoking, you know. Oh, my God. Throughout yeah. this whole movie. I know. In the restaurant, <laughs> in the hotel. Airport. Yeah, in the airport. Shit, all these public places and right. shit. <laughs> so then uh, Neil tells Dell that he wants to part, part ways after they finish eating. Mm-hmm. He's like, I think I'm slowing you down. He's like, oh, don't say that about yourself. He's like, no, I think we'll be right. And then Dell realizes he just wants to get away from me. So he's like, you know what? All right, I get it. No, well, it, he started it off really, really dicky. He was like, you know what, man? You, you make a terrible team. Right. It's I like, was we, like, Fuck. When we put our heads together, we get nothing done. Damn. Like, you so then, dick. Uh, yeah, so then Dell wants him to keep half the money he made. And he's like, I don't want to keep your money. He's like, just keep it. And they get in a big fight. He's like, I'm leaving. You, you have a nice day. Have a nice life. And Dell marches off. And then Neil feels bad again. Mm-hmm. Because Dell is really good at making Neil feel bad. So then, uh, so now Neil goes and rents a car and he gets dropped off in the car lot mm-hmm. and the guy's like, it's a white Oldsmobile and N64 or whatever. Mm-hmm. N64. Anyway. V5. That was like V5 or something. So then he's got his ticket and he's got the keys and he goes over there and he gets to the space and it's the only empty fucking space in this whole parking lot. V5. Yep, and there's nothing there. So then the bus is driving away. He's like, wait, come back. And it leaves him. And he gets all pissed off and he throws his rental agreement. He's like, God damn it. God damn it. God damn it. I've been here mm-hmm. at certain situations. Definitely. You know, when, you're just like, when, it, when it fucking rains, it pours. Right. For sure. So then uh, he has to go across the lot, across the freeway, mm-hmm. across the tarmac at the airport, back into the rental car thing. And he comes in, and he slides down the snow embankment. Now, let's talk about this, because we talked about this during the movie. Mm-hmm. How the fuck is his suit staying so immaculate? Mm-hmm. That guy is tripped and fall, fell, like, I don't know how many times. He just slid down a dirty, snowy embankment. Mm-hmm. And you know snow. Oh. Snow is fucking filthy mm-hmm. and muddy. If you even look at the snow wrong, you're fucking dirty. Yes. So he's walking in, and he's his face is dirty. And his shoes. Yeah. But oh, so he's got his tie like tight around his ears, so his ears won't be cold. And his hat blew off mm-hmm. and got run over. And he goes marching up to the thing. And this is where we run into good old. Uh, Don't you know? Don't you know? What's her face? And she's on the phone talking to her sister, and she's like, "Oh, and Dad wants ambrosia, so I'm gonna have to bring that over, and uh, you're gonna have to make the turkey because you know I can't cook." <laughs> and see Martin standing there waiting, and she's just talking, gabbing away. It's like, okay. I'll see you on Thanksgiving. Had gobble gobble. <laughs> she hangs up. <laughs> so funny, especially when you think this was all improvised. She mm-hmm. made this all up as she was going. <laughs> and she's like, 
how can I help you? And this one, he goes into his fuck tirade about, I just want a fucking car, a fucking four wheels in a seat, a fucking Dodge, a fucking Mustang, a fucking Buick, you know? <laughs> oh my God. Yo, I was, I was literally caught way the fuck off guard oh with my, this. Yeah, because you're not expecting Look, it. I was like, holy shit, that, I don't think I've ever heard him say fuck. Oh, that's funny. I don't think I've ever heard him actually cuss. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> He goes, I want a fucking car, and I want it right fucking now. And she goes, um, first she was like, I don't appreciate the way you're talking to me. And I was like, I don't appreciate your fucking company dropping me off in a fucking lot with a fucking car that's not fucking there. And then she goes, do you have your rental agreement? He goes, I threw it away. And she goes, oh, no. (laughs) He goes, oh, no, what? She goes. You're fucked. <laughs> so then, this is where we see his suit. Mm-hmm. This is where I was like, "What the hell?" Because he comes walking out of the air, out of the rental place. He's pissed. He's going to ca- try to catch a cab. He's got his tie back on. His suit is immaculate, mm-hmm. but his face is dirty. But his suit is immaculate. I'm like, dude, how? That suit would be tore the fuck up. Not only that, it'd be all it'd be all fucked up, right. all over the place. So then he goes up to the guy and he's like, I need a cab. He goes, where are you going? He goes, Chicago. He goes, Chicago? You know you're in St. Louis, right? He goes, yeah. He goes, are you joking? He goes, if I wanted a joke, I'd follow you into the bathroom and watch you take a leak. I was like, oh shit. And the guy's like, he's like, are you going to help me or are you just going to stand there like a flesh bag wearing mittens? And the guy punches his lights out and this is so great when he gets punched, his eyes start fluttering. <laughs> and he falls over and there's a car pulling up and it almost runs over his head and it stops just in time and he's all blurry eyed but he can tell it's fucking Dell. So then Dell's like, What are you doing? I almost killed you and then the guy's like I almost crushed your head like a yeah. melon or something. He like goes, that. Move that car he goes, You insensitive asshole <laughs> Can't you see this man's hurt? He goes, I will move my car, but you need to help him up. The guy's like, gladly. And Neil's like, no! And the guy grabs him by his nuts and pulls him <laughs> off the curb. So now they're in the car together. And he's like, Del goes, you have no idea how glad I am I didn't kill you. And Neil goes, you have no idea. I'm glad. I'm not glad you didn't. <laughs> his voice is all high. He goes, man. He goes, I've never seen a man get lifted by his testicles before. He goes, you're lucky that cop showed up. That guy would have killed you. <laughs> so then uh, Neil um, goes off on how annoying Dell is. and uh, Oh, because Dell's fucking with the seat. He's trying mm-hmm. to get the seat because they've now right. they've now switched. Because now, yeah, Neil's driving and Dell's in the passenger seat. And he's... He's like, will you stop messing with the seat? He goes, no, I have a bad back. There's only a couple of positions. I got to find it. Uh, These stupid seats, you start messing with them, you can never get it right. And so Neil kind of goes off about how annoying he is. And Dell's like, oh, yeah, well, there's things about you that annoy me too, but I'm just too good a person to tell you. He goes, oh, I annoy you. What about me annoys you? Oh, you want to hear something? He goes, uh, uh, you play with your balls a lot. He goes, I do not play with my balls a lot. He goes, yes, you do. I've never seen a grown man play with his balls as much as you do. <laughs> so what does he say? He's like, you know what I'd like? And he said, like, what did he say? He said a pair of balls, balls and, 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 and an extra hand. <laughs> <laughs> so then um, they switch. They, now they've switched places again. Because, oh, Neil keeps going, you're going to break the seat. He's like, I'm not going to break the seat. So then they... They show it a little while later when they've switched again. Mm-hmm. And Neil's like laying back in the seat. And he's like, you broke the seat. And he goes, I didn't break the seat. 
you can't break a curse seat. That's impossible. And he goes, it's not impossible because you did it. And he's like, it's not. I can't be blamed for faulty engineering. It was fine when I was in there. It was fine when I was, yeah. So can you do something for me? Can you Google the distance between St. Louis and Chicago? Because this is really bugging you, yes, isn't it? Yes, definitely. Because they seem to be 100 miles out of Chicago for the whole movie. Well, at least it, it shows it, you know, after. Okay, let's see. Distance from St. Louis. That's right there, the first one. To Chicago. That's because the computer listens to us. Mm-hmm. It's four hours and 38 minutes. It's 297.1 miles. So 300 miles. Yeah. It's not bad. Coast to coast, LA to Chicago. <laughs> so it's a, it's, you know, four and a half hour drive. What's this from? What movie is this from? All right, let's hear it. It's 80 miles to Chicago. We've got a full tank of gas, a half pack of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. <laughs> Hmm. I'm usually pretty good with these. It's a movie we're going to cover. Also with Saturday Night Live alumni like John Candy and Steve Martin. Okay, so I'm going to go with Tom Hanks. Nope. Oh, shit. Is he? No, I don't think he's an alumni of Saturday Night Live. I don't know. I just randomly threw a name out there. It's. Uh, I will tell you, one of, one of them is Dan Aykroyd. Oh, then it's the Blue Brothers. Yeah. Oh, cool. Jim Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. Blue. Yep. I don't I think I've ever seen it. I've seen the what? I've seen the I've seen the the Ray Charles part. I used to have a, a Blues Brothers poster that had that quote on it. Nice. They had them sitting on the car. Oh, I've ha- seen it. I've it, actually yeah, seen it. Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's all like in blue ink. Mm-hmm. And it says it's eighty miles to Chicago. We've got a full tank of gas, a half a tank, a half pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. I remember and then John Belushi goes hit it. <laughs> I remember watching the the Ray Charles part, but yeah, I've never. Dude. I don't think I've. Is, there's two of them, right? Yeah, I've never seen the second one. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. I didn't want to. Yeah, fuck I did, up. Yeah, I didn't oh, want. Gotcha. I didn't want the first one to get ruined for me because gotcha. I love it so much. Carrie Fisher is in Blues Brothers. R.I.P. to Belushi. She's uh, John Belushi's crazy ex-girlfriend. All right, R.I.P. to Belushi cool. and Carrie Fisher. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Recipe Stan Aykroyd. Mm-hmm. No, he, I just if you were listening. I was like, no, <laughs> no. All right, so when, um, did, when did that happen? It did. Okay. <laughs> So then um, Neil says, and you know this is going to end badly. He goes, hey, I'm going to go to sleep. I'm putting my wallet in the glove box. Don't let me forget it. Uh, right away. And I you know like, right oh then you're gosh. like, oh, fuck. So then uh, while Neil is sleeping, Dell is smoking and listening to Ray Charles, who we were just talking about, messing around. And he's, he's, fucking, around. he's fucking playing piano on the dashboard <laughs> he was and playing air saxophone. He was fucking it and up. And the fucking car is all over the fucking road. <laughs> So then he gets all hot and he throws his cigarette out the window and it blows back in and lands in the back seat. I was like, oh, shit. And then he decides he's going to take his jacket off because he got all hot dancing around. And he takes the right sleeve out and it gets stuck mm-hmm. on the little di- the little thing that moves the seat back and forth. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, shit. So it's stuck. So he's driving with the other hand. So he's like, I can't get out. So then he tries to take the other arm out on the other side, and it gets stuck on the little lever that moves moves the seat up so you can get in the back seat. So now both his arms are pinned back, and he's trying to steer the car with his knees, and it's going all over the place, and he's trying to stay calm. He's like, just stay calm. Just get out. 
you know, and he goes, nah! and he starts flailing around really fast trying to get out. And he crosses over the median and he's driving with his legs and he's not looking. And then he looks up and there's like uh, the road ends because you have to go left or right. And he goes, bah! and he slams on the brake and rips his sleeve free and turns real quick and they're spinning. And they end up coming to a stop. And then Neil's like, what happened? He goes, oh, we almost hit a deer. We're fine. He goes, man, he goes, you look hot. You should take your parka off. He goes, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So then he takes it off, and they get back on the road. But you realize they drove past a stop sign that mm-hmm. was facing the wrong way. So they're going the wrong way. So my thought is, why not just stop the fucking car? Exactly. So not only that, and if I'm if I'm not mistaken, it got hot in there because the cigarette started burning the seat. Yes. That's what it was. So now they're driving, and these this couple goes, "Look at that idiot driving the wrong way. He's gonna kill somebody." So he starts honking, <laughs> and John Candy's like honks back, like he's all mad. So and this guy's drunk. Neil wakes up. He's like, "What's going on?" He's like, "I think this guy's drunk. He wants to race." He's like, "Oh, you want to race, huh?" So he's like driving, and they're yelling, "Roll the window down!" He's like, "He wants us to roll the window down." So Neil rolls the window down. He goes, "You're going the wrong way." And he goes, he says we're going the wrong way. And then stupid John Candy's like, how does he know where we're going? He's drunk. And then he does the go, 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 Neil's go. like, yeah, Neil's like, hey, yeah, you're right. Okay. Thank you. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, John Candy's like doing the little cup thing to his face. Like, I'm drunk. Making fun <laughs> of him. So then Neil looks down and notices there's a median between mm. them and the other car. And then he realizes they're saying, you're going the wrong way. And he goes, and then now there's two semis coming towards them. Mm-hmm. It's a like, truck, truck. And John Candy's like, what? And he goes, truck. And they're like, bah. and that's when they do that thing. The Pee Wee Herman skeleton thing. Oh, yeah. Where they're showing them <laughs> as skeletons because they're so scared. And then Neil looks over at Dell, John Candy. Who is dressed like the devil now in a red horn suit with a red face? <laughs> and he's going, ha 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 like he's the devil himself. And the car goes right between the two semis and it's just shearing off both sides of the car. So and then the, they, go ahead. The skeleton that happens in fucking uh uh, Home Alone too as well. Yes, yes, it when does. He's getting yeah, shot. right. <laughs> and I always think Pee Wee Herman because a large Marge. Right, right, right. So then finally, Dell slams on the brakes and it sends the luggage flying across the road. And then they get out and he's like, "Hey, we almost died." <laughs> it's and funny because it didn't up. happen. And, and Neil's just pissed. He's just staring at me. He's like, eh, <laughs> "Maybe we should just go get the luggage off the road, huh?" So then they pull his big old crate thing off the road and they both sit down and they're like oh my god i can't believe this happened well then behind them the cigarette finally lights the car on fire and the car's in flames and it's so funny because dell looks back first and sees it and then turns around, and he wasn't gonna say shit mm-hmm. to neil about it and then neil noticed and he double takes like whoa and then they stand up there watching and they and they, neil starts laughing mm-hmm. so then dell starts laughing too and then neil's like Dell's like, what's so funny? And Neil goes, ah, you finally did it to yourself. <laughs> the car's on fire. Good luck returning that to the rental car place. They're going to love you. <laughs> he goes, how did you even rent a car, a car without a credit card? <laughs> and then Dell goes, I traded the lady some shower curtain hooks for it. And he goes, 
you can't trade shower curtain hooks for a car, Dell. And he goes, wait a minute. How did you rent the car? And he's like, well, somehow your diner's club card got put in my wallet. And I didn't know what else to do. And he's like, you stole it. He's like, no, I didn't. And Steve Martin's yelling at the air. He stole it. <laughs> so then Dell is like, I was stranded. You ditched me. I didn't know what else to do. I was going to send the card back to you with the cost of the rental car plus interest. But Which you wouldn't, wouldn't give, give me your address. address. What was I supposed to do? He goes, why would you even keep it? He goes, I thought you put it in there. He goes, why would I put it in there? He goes, I don't know, kindness? He goes, kindness? So then he goes. This is where we look and see that they're 102 miles away from Chicago. Yes. And then he tells him, I can't give you the card because I already pulled it back in your wallet. When we stopped to get gas. And then they realize the wallet's in the car and everything's on fire. Mm-hmm. So now they're pulling up to a motel in the burned-out car, and the seats are still smoking. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I forgot, when they almost got in the accident, um, Neil's finger fingers were stuck in the dashboard, and John Candy had bent the fucking steering wheel in half. <laughs> it's so funny. Because then when they get out, they're all stuck to the car. They're, like, trying to unstick themselves, mm-hmm. and it's really funny. So, um, <laughs> that's exactly what was going on. So then, oh, before that, before they pull up to the hotel, Neil punches him in the gut. Oh, yeah. He finally I, punches him, and you're like, it's about time. Because I said, head or gut. Yeah, right, just like <laughs> the last Boy Scout. So when they pull up to the hotel, Dell's going, you know, you really could have hurt me punching me in the gut like that when I'm not ready. He goes, you know, that's how Houdini died. <laughs> Which, by the way, is not how Houdini died. No. So then they get in, and the guy's like, it's forty two fifty for a room. And Neil's like, all right, I have MasterCard. I have diners. But he's just putting these pieces of charcoal on the t- on the counter. And the guy's like, these aren't credit cards. And he goes, well, how about I got 17 bucks and a really nice watch. And it's the watch that we did earlier. You're like, that's a nice ass watch. watch. So then the guy lets him get a room for that. So then it's Dell's turn. And he goes, do you have $17 and a nice watch? He goes, no. He goes, I have $2. And a Casio watch. <laughs> he does and the... he like rubs it across his sleeve, like presenting it, like, eh? Eh? <laughs> so then Dell has to sleep in the car. And Neil is um, in the hotel room and he's thinking about Dell and he's feeling bad again. He's feeling bad for Dell. So he goes out to the car and tells him to come in so he doesn't freeze to death. So then. Well, at this time, he's. Uh, Dell is out in the car and he's talking to himself. Hey, he's really beating himself up. Not only that, but he was, you know, it it gives you a glimpse, and I was like, oh, right. It, you know, it the what you find out in the last ten minutes, I yeah. kind of pieced together right, right there. Right. He's talking about, yeah, I wish I wish you were up. with I, me. I, and, I wish you were here, and I miss you, and blah blah blah. Talking mm-hmm. about his wife. So then Dell lets him come in, and they're hanging out in the hotel. Now they're kind of becoming good friends because mm-hmm. they're kind of hitting the mini bar, and they're drinking, and they're kind of buzzed a little bit, and they're laughing. They're talking about their wives, and um, they laugh about the adventure they're having. And then um, he's like, you know, when I die, I'm only going to have shower curtain rings as a legacy. What kind of life is that? And um, Neil goes, at the very least, you have a, a woman to grow old with. Mm-hmm. And he's like, eh, and he makes a weird face further kind of hinting to what's going on. Mm-hmm. So the next day they're going to leave and the uh, car is stuck in the snow. It's like 
frozen in the ice. And they're trying to push it. And he's like, you're going to have to rock it back and forth. So Steve Martin gets in front of it, and he pushes it. <laughs> it's in reverse. And Dell guns it, and he backs into the hotel and takes the wall out. They're like, oh, shit, let's get out of here. <laughs> so they jump in the car and take off. And now they're singing. I can't remember what they were singing, but they're going down the road speeding. Yeah. And uh, they get pulled over by a highway patrolman, which is uh, Lenny from Lenny and Quiggy mm-hmm. from uh, Laverne, Laverne Shirley. and Shirley. So then the car's all fucked up. And he goes, do you have any idea how fast you were going? He's like, no. And he goes, 87. Or 78. 78. 78. He goes, oh, I have no idea because the, uh, the uh, dash panel's all burned out and melted. And he goes, we had a little bit of fire, but we got it next time. We're okay now, officer. And he goes... I can't let you continue driving this car because it's unsafe. He goes, oh, he goes, hey, I admit to committing a crime. You got me. I won't argue with that, but uh, you, you can't do that because if you impound this car, my friend here is not going to be able to make it home in time for Thanksgiving dinner. And then the next scene, they show the car getting towed <laughs> and they're at the police station. And um, then uh, they're coming, he's coming out of the police station. Dell pulls up with a guy in a semi. He's like, I got us a ride. So it's in a refrigerated truck. So again, they're in the freezer in the back because the mm-hmm. guy doesn't want him to ride in the cab. And this is where you were, because he looks at his watch. He goes, oh, man, you'll be in Chicago in about three hours. I'm like, what the fuck? We were just yeah, 102 were miles out. Yeah, I'm like... the math and everything. And let me give you a little background on Roman. This is bothering him because he used to deliver cars for a living. Mm-hmm. So he knows about driving and distances and times because that was your job. Like, Damn you right. You had to have that shit there at a certain time. Mm-hmm. Don't fuck around. Take mm-hmm. this route to get there fast. He knows all about that shit. Yep. Because he lived that life. He was, Damn right. He was about that life. I was about it for sure. <laughs> My thought was, why did they even stop at the hotel? They're 102 miles out. That's like from here to Tucson. I know. Drive your ass. An hour and a half, you'd have been there. Right. That's why I was like, what? What? You're right. So then um, now they're at the train station. They get dropped off at the train station. They're saying their goodbyes. And he's like, sure, it was fun. In Chicago. In Chicago. Mm -hmm. So then um, Neil's going to get on the train to go home. And he says goodbye to Dell. Dell waves at him. So then while Neil's sitting on the train... He starts to put two He starts thinking about his wife and his kids and the turkey, and he's all happy. And then he's thinking about the crazy shit that happened with Dell, and he's kind of laughing himself. And then he starts piecing together mm-hmm. Dell saying, I've been home in years. My wife likes me. Um, and the face he made when he said, You have your wife to go home to. And he starts realizing he doesn't have a wife. Mm-hmm. So he takes the train back to the train station, gets off and runs in, and Dell's sitting there. <laughs> and he goes, What are you doing? And he goes, I thought you were going home, and Dell finally was like, I don't have a home to go home to. I don't have a home. He goes, uh, Marie died eight years ago. My wife died eight years ago. And he's like, well, you're coming home with me. Mm-hmm. So then they get on the train, and now they're walking through his neighborhood, and they're helping him carry his big trunk. trunk. And they go to his house, and Neil rings his own doorbell, which we both thought was weird. <laughs> right. And you were like, he probably lost his keys along the or way. Or something, like, yeah. Right, cool. So then his daughter opens the door, and she's like, Daddy! And then his his parents are there. Her parents are there. Weird Uncle Touchy Uncle Murray is probably back in the back somewhere. <laughs> but they're all hugging, and his kids come up, and the Joey Lawrence kid with the bad. 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 Bowl cut. And I will say again, bad. Haircut. <laughs> Holy shit. Anyway, and then his wife comes down the stairs, and she's like, oh, honey. And then 
they have the reunion and he hugs her and he's like, this is my really good friend, Dell. And he introduced him to everybody and his kids and everybody. And then they have this, they show Dell's face and he smiles. You're like, oh, he's got a family for Thanksgiving now. Mm-hmm. And that's how the movie ends. And then we roll credits. But it's not over. No. There is a stinger on this movie. Mm-hmm. They did this every once in a while. Uh, Adventures in Babysitting. I don't know if you've ever seen that, but they, they stick one of the gangsters out on the, the lip of a high-rise at the end of the credits. He's still oh, out there I like, mean, help. Is that... Uh, uh, that was Adventures in Babysitting. Ferris Bueller's Day Off was the stinger was when Matthew Broderick's like, are you guys still here? The movie's over. Are you sure it wasn't uh, Baby's Day Out? No, because I've never seen that movie. Oh. Anyway, so yeah, they did a little funny stuff like that. So the singer in this, after the credits, Steve Martin's boss is still sitting looking at the, those same pictures, mm-hmm. and his hair's all frazzled like he hasn't slept in days, his ties and done, and there's a whole fucking turkey dinner sitting next to him, mm-hmm. and he's still looking at the pictures trying to decide which one he wants. And he says, look, oh, I think he funny. says two words, and he says, ah, this is three. Right? He's like, ah, it's the only time you hear right. him say something. It's so funny. So yeah, that's the movie, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Roman. All right. Scale of one to ten. What did you think? It's a ten. What? It, it, to be honest, it's it, it's probably going to be my Thanksgiving movie every year. This is a first, ladies, and you've never given a movie a ten, and which is funny because I also give it a ten because mm-hmm. I fucking love this movie so much. It's got a perfect amount mm-hmm. of comedy, mm-hmm. feel good. It kind of tears at your heart a little bit. Mm-hmm. You hate John Candy at the beginning. You love him by the end. You're just like Neil. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you're like he's lovable and. He, it was funny because in the in the in the trivia that I did not read, mm-hmm. um, Steve Martin was saying John Candy was a lot like the character of Dell. He goes, "The sweetest guy you'll mm-hmm. ever meet," but you can tell there was some broken in there somewhere, mm-hmm. like there was a lot of hurt in there, and it's really kind of sad. But yeah, I've dude, it uh, you have to think it. It's almost he's almost the same person that Chris Farley is. Yes, because almost exactly. It is it is that same person that's gonna go above and beyond. Well and plus we talked about how this movie was totally Black Sheep. Black or, Sheep and Tommy Boy were totally homages to this movie. And then I was even saying the movie Due Date with Which um, I've never seen. Is that Robert Downey Jr.? Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Zach Galifianakis. Oh, uh, okay. If I'm not mistaken. Oh, because that's when his wife's having a baby and he's trying mm-hmm. to get to That's totally the same thing. It, is, it is the same synopsis. fucking thing. That's why when I look, I'm, I'm surprised that they didn't say that on you know the trivia. Right, right. Because it's the same exact fucking movie. It's the same shit. The same shit. I want to see that movie now, though. <laughs> I actually wanted to see it when it came out. I just never got around to it. But yeah, great movie. Mm-hmm. And anytime, if you want to come over and watch this with me next Thanksgiving, you're more than welcome. Damn right. Anytime Ooh. you want, buddy. Hell yeah. So yeah, awesome. I am very happy. Yeah, we've never both done a 10 before either. Whoa. So first. Damn right. Yeah, I love this movie. It's Thanksgiving all the way. It's so For cool. sure. Thanksgiving all the way. That's my Thanksgiving carol. It's Thanksgiving. 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 White meat. Dark meat. All we carved. <laughs> I love it. Good. I'm going to come get stuffed. Thanksgiving. Right. Hi, Grandma. <laughs> and you got to watch the. If you guys have not seen that, go to uh, YouTube and watch it. Because mm-hmm. there's a whole part where a chick's jumping on a trampoline. Mm-hmm. And um, she's doing splits and stuff on it for her boyfriend. And he's like laughing. And the killer sticks a knife up through the trampoline and she lands on it. Oh, oh my God. Shit. And then you can hear on the trailer and she's like, Happy Thanksgiving, Tommy. Zip. You can hear the... 
Right. Like, you could hear her sucking his dick, and then he gets decapitated, and she looks up, and there's no head there. That's the whole pun. Like, mm-hmm. she was giving head, but there was no head. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ah! Dude, it's fucking hilarious. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> so, um, now we are at the part of the show. Let's check out what we're doing next week. A New York cop, John McLean, has come to see his wife. Instead, he's going to have to save her. Within this skyscraper high above the city, 12 terrorists have declared war. They're about to be taught a lesson in the real use of power. There is brilliant because I am interested in the six hundred and forty million dollars in your vault. As they are ruthless. But I'm telling you, you're just gonna have to kill me. Okay. We do it the hard way. Now, the last thing McLean wants. Think, damn it, think, is to be a hero. Where's Howie? Where? But he doesn't have a choice. What does he think he's doing? They have already killed one hostage. This channel is reserved for emergency calls only. He's inside? Who is he? Who are you then? You have lost troublesome for a security guard. Sorry, wrong guess, huh? Would you like to go for double jeopardy? Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? Yippee guy, mother. Christmas party by mistake. Who knew? Dude. I, you guys can't see us, but Roman and I are, are grinning ear mm-hmm. to ear right now. Damn because, right. Because, goddamn right, we are doing Die Hard. This is the beginning. The next three episodes of this podcast are what we're going to call A Very 700 Tapes Christmas. Hell yes. And if you don't think Die Hard is a Christmas movie, fucking crazy. You're fucking retarded. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Whatever episode I said that in, man. Right. (laughs) Dude. Because it is definitely a Christmas movie. Right. It's fucking awesome. Man. Yippee Kaye, motherfucker. And I know this isn't uh, take a look at the right funnel lobe. Thanksgiving music, the school here. Mm-hmm. but uh, the soundtrack was kind of weird, and I realized halfway through that uh, I didn't really have anything for the end, and this is an outro that I had that I haven't used, and it's nice. fucking 
Tech Nine, so yeah, you can argue. This the way it's supposed to be, huh? So we're going for Christmas next time. Uh, Die Hard. Damn right. Join us. We glad you guys. We hope you guys had a good Thanksgiving. And uh, spend some time with your family. Be thankful for your life. Damn right. For 700 Taste Podcast, I am Jasperino. On behalf of my co-host with the most, the legacy, Mr. Roman Alvarado, Woo! we will catch you motherfuckers on the flip side. Peace. Mama!